right, episode 183 of the Pound Podcast. Jason, you think we're going to really knock off... We're going to get to 200 by the end of the year? No way, it's impossible. Uh, that's what we were thinking, huh? We were a, trying. A listener messaged me and, and uh, brought that up. Said, you guys cannot make it. You do 15 a year, you're not going to make 15 in <clears throat> one month. I'm Gotti Jr., and uh, south of me, 1,082 miles away from me, your co-host, Jason Rona. Is that how far I am? Yeah, I just looked it up. 16 hours and 14 minutes. It would take me to drive that baby. 16 hours and 14 minutes. Is that distance uh, far enough for you, from me? Uh, it's right on the edge. <laughs> yeah, something, 1,082. Something tells me we could be a little safer. Like a little yeah. safer distance. You might need to go further. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're right in the middle, basically. <laughs> Head down to the Cayman Islands. That might do it. Head down to the Kauai Islands. <laughs> That's not bad here. I'm getting better. I, just doing... gotta, I, I really got to practice it. Yeah, you're doing good. You're doing well with it. Thanks. I got nothing, man. Jason, how about these questions we got? And man, I'm proud of you guys out there. The no kidding. They're really bringing it. I mean, they actually, came to the table today. The past couple uh, episodes, they've been really bringing serious questions. Usually it's just, you know, clown stuff. But uh, man, some of these questions are really long, too. It's like, man, we're going to be here forever if we. Uh... I know. Cole Henriksen, have you uh, played Red Dead Online? Yes. I started playing that. What's today? <clears throat> Tuesday I started playing. Really? And how is it? Um, I really haven't messed around much with it besides the horse racing. So I've been doing a lot of horse racing. I'm getting my questions out of the way for you, Jason. <clears throat> it's all video game related. I was kind of hoping you'd get them out of the way. Yeah. So I've been doing horse racing, Cole, which is pretty fun. Um, I heard that's one of the fastest ways to get money and rank up a little bit, which... Really, there's no point into it because uh, supposedly Rockstar is going to reset the servers when they do a full launch of online. Because right now it's in beta. There, that okay. one's uh, answered. Should that I one. know what you're talking about, or should I? Nah, just just, just sit there and look pretty. Okay, done. <laughs> Me and Kawhi. Um, yeah, we, we really got to do our best with this show, Jason, so I could just upload it because uh, Kyle Gannon says. Uh, he wants his show available for download in the morning because he has a seven-hour drive to leisure hours. Okay. And Iowa is boring. So he has to go through there. So. I'm sure not a lot of people will argue with him that it's not boring. but What, the show? <laughs> oh, Iowa. That, Iowa. that yeah. too, yeah, Iowa. Yeah, I was shocked. I responded to him. I said, but won't we, won't we make you drive off a cliff? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it's a possibility there. There's a lot of questions in here, Jason. A lot of good ones. Okay. What do you got? What have you been up to? So we went to the worlds. We went to the worlds. Uh, what did we do? It was an amazing trip. Um, just. Yeah, it was an amazing flight. 20, 20 yeah. some hours in the air. Yeah, I 
man, it's nuts. Yeah, I don't know how you adjust to that time. Like, even though you, you know you get there, like how there's you, there's no way your body adjusted to that where you felt good. Am I right? You know, I, I want to say like after about three days, you got um, on schedule. I, I felt pretty decent. Hmm. It, it was. It almost seemed like it was easier. Um. Oh crap! I just blew up my drawing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seriously like wanted to explode. I just spent ten hours on that. <clears throat> yeah. So. Always save, folks. Always save. I learned that in podcasting. Did you? Yeah. Hmm. How many shows did we record and I forgot to save it afterwards? And Well, every awesome. one of you always say, oh, crap, I forgot to hit record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I've done that in the past, though. Yeah. I don't know if those like listeners four, we'll notice like it. four hours into an epic podcast. Yeah, it'll be like, He's oh, like, oh man, I forgot to record. I think then we actually like, had to call right, somebody see. back, didn't we? Like, we had to, like, just schedule another day because I forgot to hit record. Yeah, that was an embarrassing day. Yeah, and it was, like, two hours worth of um, interviews there, or interview with, uh, I think it was with Spencer, actually. Oh. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Whatever it was, they were really cool, and they, they agreed to come back and... Participate again. Yeah. In this clown show. Clown. So Australia, you went over there. I see Allison got you to go to like some zoos and stuff. And, and, uh, uh, you know, this it was definitely was probably one of the better worlds I've been to because <clears throat> just it was just Australia was was cool. I mean, we, awesome. yeah, we didn't have uh, you know, like I said, about three days we adjusted. Or at least it kind of felt like it. What was kind of nice about it is we would be get we would get up early. Hmm. So yeah, you you were up on the chat like at three in the morning. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> I was yeah. just trying to go to bed, and you're like, "Hey, what's up? Hey, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> hmm. Uh oh. The hell is that? Did I lose you, Jason? No, I'm here. Oh, I got a bunch of beeps going on. I got the beeps with the burps and the beeps and the burps. How about now? Sounds great. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, so it, it's just a you know it's just a crazy flight to get there. You know, coming back, Allison started her timer. Oh, that's right. Lost you again, Jason. The hell is that? I gotta check my Skype. We got something going on with Skype. How about mine? Mine's okay. Yeah, I just don't know. I get like you'll you'll go silent, and then I get a bunch of these little beeps going on, and then you'll come back. Oh, poor network connection. That could be it. Yeah, what are you doing down there? Are you downloading stuff while you're recording? No. So it's trying to reconnect us. Oh, let me try something. Let me turn something off. Yeah. See? See? It's not oh, always see. me. Yeah, see? Let's not start that again. Yeah, no <laughs> That was rough. I gotta start oh. my computer over here, see? Don't hit, don't hit, uh, don't hit restart. <laughs> <clears throat> 
So I, I would think, like, okay, so there's a 12-hour time difference. Yeah. So I would think if I was leaving, I would take, like, a sleeping pill. But you don't like doing that. That's right. Never mind. Yeah, for some reason, I don't I don't really do that. I, I don't even know if that would... I'm just thinking maybe take some NyQuil. Sleep the whole flight over, but you can't because you get off somewhere. Don't you? you got off at the... What was your first stop layover? Uh, what we did is we went Orlando to Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. yeah Dallas right. to Sydney. Sydney to Perth. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a brutal run. Question that it's a kind of a brutal flight, but, uh, you know, once we got there, got on schedule or tried to get on schedule. Hmm. And a lot of practice, a long event which, you know, was kind of a lot of the talk of the event was the fact that it was, you know, was so long. But it didn't really bother me all that much, to be honest, the length of the event. Actually, probably the first Worlds I've been to in a long time where we actually got to see some things. You know, there was a little, kind of like a little zoo. Mm Mm-hmm. Right out, <clears throat> uh, yeah. kind of in the same in the same park as the track. There was a zoo. So when did uh, like practice start? I think we had three days of practice before the official seating started. Something to that effect. So you start like eight in the morning and end like five or something like that. I think it went a little later. I want to say it went to about 7. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, so, you know, we do this, the, the schedule. Uh, we had time in between. Uh, we did go and see a couple things. And, you know, saw the, saw the kangaroos, saw the koalas. 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 Yeah, it was a really cool zoo right there. So we just drove over, and you know that was kind of one, not a hurdle, but something different was, you know, we did, we did have to drive on the other side of the road. Yeah. Wow. So that was a little bit different. <laughs> That's gotta be nuts. Well, what it, what it, what's weird is when you, if you're trying to, you, know, you make these judgment calls when you're driving. Okay, I can pull out now. You know that type of thing <clears throat> and when you're doing it this way it's not real comfortable you know you're just like um I, I, I guess I can pull out this direction and you know because you're just you're not sure which way to look sometimes you're like really confused on you know when you're, you're driving in the left lane and you're turning across you're like, uh, you know, because normally you're you're wanting to look the other way. <clears throat> it's it's definitely a weird feeling. Yeah, it's crazy. Thomas did quite a bit of the driving because yeah. he's he, made he is a, yeah he's originally from not originally but he was he spent about five years in Japan where they drive that way. Oh. They drive on the right side of the road. Okay. So. You mean on the wrong side of the road? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we always. Um, 
Yeah, so far the UK, Australia, and Japan all drive on the right side of the road that we've been to. So yeah, then I drove I drove a little bit and it I got I got around I got around pretty well. I wonder what the reasoning is for that. Uh, I I guess they would say that we're wrong and they're the right way, but uh, we say well, I think Australia is there's you know some connection obviously to the UK, and that's why I think they drive on the right side of the road because of that. I'm not sure why Japan does, but I wonder who just said one day like, okay, we're gonna drive on this side, (laughs) like you know who who makes that decision. Yeah, so and how long ago was it? Yeah, it's crazy. I always think about stuff like that. Hmm. Things that go through my head is crazy. Oh, did we settle the uh, when you flush the toilet, which way it goes? We did not settle it, but somebody else. You didn't. You didn't look when you flush the toilet. I did, but it doesn't doesn't do the swirl thing. It just goes straight down. Well, it's just a different type of flush. Oh, it just pushes down. Like, yeah, it just, like it, yeah, that yeah. that was the issue because I was ready to video it for you guys. That's right. I remember you saying that. And there's some toilets here like that that do that. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I think it's more of an older thing that you get that kind of swish around, but somebody was saying you could check the drain too. Like when you pour water. I actually think I tried that. Like you I pour think, water. Uh, didn't Kirby send us a video where the sky was like right on the border of mm-hmm. uh, the equator and all this stuff and he was doing a doing a mm-hmm. video and i guess i guess it's true so all right well but yeah so uh driving over there you're on the wrong side of the road going all over the place you stayed at an airbnb right how was that uh worked perfectly did it mm. yeah yeah i mean it, it was actually it was better than a hotel we're we're very accustomed to doing the hotel thing, but I thought this was actually probably better. Oh. And most everybody stayed in some type of uh, Airbnb because there just really wasn't the um, the traditional hotel around. But yeah, we got to experience some. Know, the food around there. We went to a little breakfast cafe in the morning to get uh, get some coffee. I was drinking coffee over there. Ooh, getting that caffeine fix. Yeah, just kind of like a feeling like a coffee kind of trip. Yeah, like an like an adult. You know, there's no very, <laughs> very, wow. there's no no very very refreshers, so it's like had mm. to do had to do the coffee thing. I guess I gotta do the adult thing. Yeah. That all the people are doing. And um, how many of uh, listeners did you run into? You ran into Ben Panic, of course. Yeah, there uh, was quite a few. Yeah. Definitely quite a few listeners there. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it was it was a great race and. Just it's a it was a long time to be there. A lot of ups and downs for the drivers to kind of go through and, and to deal with from that from that standpoint. <clears throat> you know, because you know the drivers one run they're on cloud nine. They you know everything worked really well. The next round they're upset they didn't run very well. And so you gotta you know go through all those 
ups and downs. Hmm. So we practice for how many days? Two days, three. We practice for three days. Three days. Then we got the qualifying kicked off. Mm-hmm. And who 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 was looking good, man? Well, what's kind of funny is I think throughout throughout the whole practice, I would say Mayfield was probably the fastest guy. Um, mm-hmm. Throughout practice, he he was the you know would pretty much win the the top three seating laps every time. So he was feeling good about the race. Of course, the track was changing. It gets a little more bumpy. It gets a little bit, um, depending on the weather, it gets a little more grooved up, gets higher traction. But it's it seemed like it seemed like our guys were really adjusting uh, the whole time and doing a good doing a good job. I would say Cavallari started off a little rough. He wasn't exactly, you know, on his game. He was a little, he was a little off. But in the end, he kind of got things together and uh, was one of the faster guys. Well, yeah, you get through practice, and it's it's tough because you know, like I said, you go through the ups and the downs, uh, being the fast guy, being a slow guy. You know, getting upset or whatever the case may be. And you have to get into qualifying and then you kind of go through it all over again. Just a really a lot uh, emotionally for the drivers to have that long of an event. So we get to, we get through qualifying. Drivers are doing extremely well. And <clears throat> had a chance to get the overall TQ with Rona Falk, but you know, there's six rounds of qualifying, four count. Uh, he had two TQs. Then he, br- the first day, or no, uh, going into the first day, he had like a, he had a TQ and then another top finish. And then the second day, he broke in both rounds of qualifying. Hmm. So he never really got uh, any runs in the second day of qualifying. And then you have to have four runs to count. So his last day, he had to have two two very good runs to finish to finish off qualifying, just to make the semifinal. And then once he was in the semi, he put in two good runs. He was in the semifinal. I think from there, uh, he was feeling pretty comfortable. Uh, Mayfield had a little bit had a little a little easier of a time there he he did run all of his races but not all of them were very good he had some issues here and there uh, he had one round of qualifying where he was the first i think it was the first one actually he was leading the first round of qualifying and over Ty testman he crashed on the the last lap Ty got by him to win that round of qualifying. Um, so he was running well, just making a couple mistakes here and there, but nothing, you know, nothing major. Uh, 
Runnefeld was probably a little faster during the qualifying than Ryan was. But then when the mains came, we're both in the same semifinal, and I think Ryan Ryan actually won the semifinal and was on the pole position for the main. Hmm. Um, so there's really, you know, there's really three goals throughout the event is one is to TQ overall. The second is to try to get the pole position for the main. And the third is, of course, just getting the win. And uh, so Ty Tessman ended up getting the overall TQ. And then Mayfield won the semifinal with the fastest time, so he was on the pole position. So he kind of got that. Uh, he kind of won that second, <laughs> that second thing that you're going for. And then... Um, so he led for quite a while. Uh, Mayfield did in the main, and race was 45 minutes long. I'm sorry, it was 60 minutes long. And he just kind of he trailed off a little bit, and you know, just kind of lost lost sight of Ungaro, and so he he had a little, I don't know, maybe a 15 minute span where it just wasn't quite going quick enough and lost a lot of space to, to Ungaro. And the track was getting really dusty, and we made a last... Uh, just so many, there's just so much to consider when you're in a race like this. So to go back to the semifinal, it was during the mid part of the day. Uh, the track was hot, was grooved up. Uh, really good condition, probably the best condition we had seen the entire event. Uh, Mayfield ran our new blocker tire. Uh, he also tried one of our uh, experimental compounds, and mm. he actually, you know, he won that race at the fastest time. Uh, he beat uh, Ronafolk, who was also in the very same uh, semifinal. Ty was in the one before with Ungaro and Mayfield, you know, had the fastest time. So feeling pretty good going into the main, but looking in tech and looking after the race, um, he was a little unsure about the tire wear. It, it felt like, or it looked like uh, he, he was using a lot of tire along with everybody else because the track was really grooved up. And for the main, he decided to use a, a, our detox tire, which is typically very good to us. Uh, we always have, you know, a really good experience when we run that tire. <clears throat> and he went and ran the detox in the main. Uh, because it had more tread and looking at the information that we had available at the time, you know, the information that we had available to us, it looked like it was the it was the right thing to do. And uh, they started doing the driver intros, and I was, you know, you're kind of watching the weather, and it's like, man, it's, it's kind of getting overcast, and and it did. It got a little bit cooler. It got a little more overcast, and uh, Ryan uh, stuck with the same tire or the detox, and it just seemed like. In general, like he ran too much tread on the tires, and when that really started to be a factor, 
was middle of the race and and towards the latter parts of the race because that's when all the dust came up and normally you want a little more uh, tread and pin separation uh, when you're you know encountering a lot of dust so I mean he still ran well he ended up giving up second to Ty there towards the end uh, Ty ran ran a really good second half of the race. I would say Mayfield ran a much better first part of the race, and Ty ran a better second part and ended up getting by him. And I think a lot of it had to do with getting in the dust and just not having the comfort that he had early. And when he, you know, he t- he even said after the main, he's like, look, he goes, we took off. He goes, my car was awesome. He goes, and I was like, Phew. he goes, this is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> he's like, he goes, I'm ready to check out. You know, my stuff was feeling so good. And he's like, then the, he's like, the track got dusted, dusted up really quick. And then he didn't feel near as confident. It's not that he wasn't fast, but all of a sudden driving through the dust and everything was much more difficult. He said hitting his marks on the track wasn't quite as easy. And, you know, and then he, um, you know, didn't have as strong of a, a finish as he wanted, but. And then, uh, you know, what was one of the other unfortunate things is Ronald Falk, who was obviously our other fastest guy and the defending champ, he he started the race. Uh, it, it was uh, two laps in, and he was in the pits breaking in his clutch because they had a four-minute warm-up. And in that four minutes, you can kind of do whatever you want. You know, you can you can drive, you can change tires, you can um, you know make little tweaks. As long as it happens in that four minutes, you can kind of do what you want. And David ran the whole four minutes. Everything looked good. He started the race. Um, he crashed on the triple jump, and his clutch started slipping. He pulls in the pits. He thought the clutch was broken. And they just broke it in on the pits. You know, they just buzzed it on pit lane like you normally do to break in the clutch. And then all of a sudden he was fine, but he had a, um, I forget what it was, like a, I don't know, 39-second first lap or something like that. Whatever it was, it was a long first lap. So you got the defending champ and the guy that was sitting second on the grid. You know, Mayfield was first, he was second. Um, He was out right away with a long lap so he had to play catch up which he did he caught up and got fourth which you know he passed everybody you know once he got going he passed everybody pretty quickly but you know it still wasn't definitely wasn't easy and uh yeah Angaro uh, Davide just had a had a great main. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, he's done it before. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, Ryan and I talked, of course, afterwards. uh, Talked to David and everything. uh, It was going to be tough for those guys to beat him no matter what in that main. Uh, He ran, you know, he he ran so well. And I think what would have had to happen is... Is would have had to had to drop a pit stop. <clears throat> that was the other reason why Ty got back by in a second. He dropped a pit on, so he was uh, pitting at 
840 or 9 minutes, and Mayfield and the other guys were pitting at 7.5. So uh, by the time the end of the race comes around, um, you end up making up about 6 seconds when you have that type of pit right. pit stop. So, <clears throat> But yeah, you know, talking to the guys, they talk about what they could do different or what they needed to do. Um, you know, we, we said, hey, you know, in order to win that race, you would have had to, uh, for Mayfield, I was like, probably should have stayed with the blocker tires from the semifinal that he that he won that with, set fast time. Not worry about the wear, the wear any because the cloud cover came over, the track got cooler, and tire wear ended up not being as much of an issue. And he would have had to pit at 840, and he would have had to make late, less mistakes. And I think that's what, you know, that he could have won it. But, you know, a lot of, uh, however you want to say it, coulda, shoulda, wouldas, right? But he ran a good race. Uh, you know, it, it, people just don't really realize, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they don't realize that we've been running these, you know, going to these worlds now uh, specifically with or I have since with Ryan you know since 2008 and he's led uh, let me let me think about it real quick he led in 2008 he led in 2010 he led in 2014 and so he's been leading He's led in four of the worlds in the past ten years. He's been leading. He's gotten the pole position three times, and he's been leading in four of the mains. And he's this is the first one he ever finished well and has something to show for it. And uh, in those other races, he either broke or flamed out or, um, you know, something weird happened. <clears throat> out of gas he ran out of gas in uh, thailand mm. he fl- flamed out in the pits oh, we'll just start from the beginning he flamed out in the pits in north carolina he ran out of gas in thailand uh he broke a servo in italy and uh good lord so he's got his fair share of uh <clears throat> of issues uh, when it comes to that race and just for him to finish was a big deal for me and run well because he's really been the fastest guy for 10 years in that class. If you look back over, you know, the history of the, for the past 10 years, he's been the fastest guy and doesn't even have a podium to show for because he either broke or flamed out, but it wasn't for the lack of, you know, not run, you know, not having the speed been with just, you know, finishing. So it was nice to see him. Nice to see him finish, get third, get on the podium, and, and go home with something instead of, you know, you just going, you know, I mean, I we've been to, you know, these where, I mean, you just, I, I, I probably haven't watched the rest of the A-Main at all of those races that he, <laughs> that he had an issue at. The second he had an issue, I quit watching the whole race. Yeah. And, you know, it's probably the first race in a long time that I watched the whole thing, and, and 
been a lot of a lot of trial and tribulations to say the least trial and tribulations but uh, great race Angaro Angaro he was killing it that's right the Italians man we come through we come through clutch clutch man we clutch and if it looks like we're not going to win we'll put a hit out on you <laughs> you're like we got trouble here Ricky yeah, hey, Rocco, go over there and take care of the Mayfield. Dispose of him. Make it look like an accident. He's looking good out there. Yeah, yeah do something Sorry. about it, Rocco. <laughs> Got him. Don't you worry. Make it look like an accident. So, uh, question, uh, Chili Duncan friend of the show and uh thank you uh chili by the way he uh, chili sent me uh digital copies of the um rc car action issues from the uh 91 worlds and 93 93 worlds digital i thought you wanted paperback uh, he said he couldn't come through with you know I, that's what i wanted but he said he couldn't do it so but digital was nice that was really cool to scroll through that stuff I sent it to you in our chat. I don't know if you had a chance to go through that. Anyway, Chili, thank you very much. Uh, he says, uh, what was one of the biggest surprises or interesting facts you learned about your trip to Australia with the culture slash way of living and even the RC race scene down there? Oh, man. Uh... I have no idea. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Pause for Kawhi laugh. I can't see you back there, Chili. Yeah. I can't even see you back there. Can't see you back there, Chili. Uh, you know, I try I don't really know if I have the right the right response, but It was very it was probably more Americanized than I thought it would be. Hmm. The you know, it was very there was a lot of similarities uh to to being here. And I, I think that's what I was surprised about the most is there really was a lot a lot of similarities there. And the only thing that was kind of funny was the town we were staying in for the race. It was a little strange because they had like a blockbuster video and stuff. What? Yeah, they had a full-on blockbuster video. What the? Maybe that's the last blockbuster on Twitter. Well, you know, I had thought about that a lot. Because, you know, you can talk about that so much. Mm -hmm. And I had thought about it. And they had a, a mall. There was a mall right next to kind of where we were staying and right by the Blockbuster, actually. And it just reminded me of the 90s. Oh, like, wow. Like walking around in this mall. It God. really, It really reminded me of of those days and man maybe i need to go there yeah <laughs> just live there 
<laughs> screw this place. It, 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 so it was a little bit time warpage from that standpoint. Wow. Uh, because of some of the things would remind you of, of being, uh, being in the U.S. in, in the 90s and that type of thing. Hmm. That's right up my alley. You know that. Oh, yeah. And God damn. But uh, they had a, a, a Woolworths is really big there. Wow. And you remember Woolworths, like from, you know, <laughs> it was from the 80s or 70s, I think, more in the U.S. Are you sure you didn't go through a time warp? Maybe you went back in time and, man, crazy. Gonna get back in time. <laughs> I may need me uh yeah. I may need to move there. Uh not to stay with Ben Panic or Kyle McBride. That's the other one. Kyle McBride. Yeah. Yeah, hook me up, guys. Rent free, of course. So from all those things, you know, all hmm. those standpoints, uh went pretty well. Yeah, that's pretty weird, man. You had to be like, what the hell? <clears throat> very, very interesting. From that standpoint. So what you're saying is uh, Australia is about 30 years behind us. Hmm. Uh, okay. I don't. Not uh, in everything. Was there geo trackers everywhere? Uh, did I see a geo tracker? Oh, you had to. They're probably like brand new too. What was the deal? Probably all over the place down there, beaches <laughs> and stuff. God, I really gotta check this place out. Thing. What that was the other interesting part was. What's that? Where we were staying was there was just a, you know we were surrounded by like a lot of amazing beaches. Yeah. Wow. And I mean they're really nice. And you know we got to see got to see quite a bit of all that because of the the extra days we had there. So we actually got to go and look at all this stuff and get you know get pictures and you know I posted quite a few of those things. Yeah. Did you go in the ocean with your jeans on? No. <laughs> we were we were really we were we were up against time on one of our trips down to to the uh, to the beach. You know, we're like you know, trying to get down there. Thomas is driving as you know, fast as he can <laughs> because the sun is setting, and we're like, we gotta get our picture. You know what I mean? Like we're. Oh, geez. We're like hauling ass, like trying to get down there, because it's like yeah, if you don't get your picture, it's like it didn't happen, right? Yeah. So we we're trying to get down there, and it's like he he parks in like you know he parks in an area you're not supposed to park in. We just jump out of the car, we run over, and and they're like, all right, take your pictures. We're like, click click click, take our pictures, and then we're like, okay, done. Finish. <laughs> Where are we going to eat? Um, yeah, the other second part of his question, any interesting travel stories? Well, there you go. There's one. Uh, what did you or others do to pass the time on a long flight? Uh, you know, he was uh, listening to a podcast, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard's uh, Something to Wrestle With. Something to – you know what's difficult about saying the name of that show? Something to Wrestle With? Yeah, because it's not it's not something to wrestle. Something, with. something. It's just something to wrestle oh. with 
Oh, I screwed it up too then. Yeah, I always do that too. It, but it's just something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Oh, okay, that's where I'm getting that's, see, that's I, I, I always want to say that too. I always want to say something to wrestle with. Yeah. Because it, it makes sense. But... Yeah, it does. God damn. I didn't even realize that. Check out the... Um, I know somebody in here asked me if I listened to uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast with Jake the Snake. Uh, you got to check that out. It's really good. I, I posted the in our chat today about it. Hey, you did. Yeah. If you want to listen to a great podcast, right there's one with Jake the Snake Roberts. Man, oh man. That guy's unreal. Been through hell, man. And back. And back. And then back. And then back. Stories is unreal. But yeah, there's something good to pass the time when you're going to your next race. See, listeners, you can listen to the Ripcast. Uh, who, who was that the, that said they have a seven-hour drive tomorrow? You can listen to the Ripcast, and then you can go listen to Joe Grogan's interview with Jake the Snake Roberts. Good stuff. And then you can go listen to 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. And then you go listen to something. I need to catch up. I kind of lost. I kind of. The, the trip and everything. Yeah, you kind of. Uh, you, got, you got some episodes to catch up on. I actually like something to wrestle see, better. See, see, we don't do that to you fans. We 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 record once a month. That way you can catch up. We space them out real nice. <laughs> right. Heck of a job spacing them out, Gotti. All right. Uh, and then uh, Chili says, uh, when do I get that prize for predicting on girls win? Now, Chili, I went back and looked at it. You really, I mean, you did kind of predict that he was going to win, but you also said you liked Tebow, so I can't give you the prize. Oh. I can't do that. How can I do that when he says the dark horse is Tebow, and then he's like, and then on girl for the win? Well, I guess I, I guess. So it comes down to you, Tim Merzine. Tim Merzine uh, just per- predicted one person, which you were supposed to do, on Garo. Mm-hmm. And Chili Duncan predicted Tebow or on Garo. Didn't I predict on on the show? Man. I, I, was, I, I was switching it around a lot, but... <laughs> I do think. God, you went against your own guys? Yeah, I did. I usually do that at the Worlds just to hope that they can still win. Or it's one of those reverse psychology things where if you you root for this guy, your guy wins. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried it all. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Um. So, yeah, I I like like Chili. I'm talking about Chili. Yeah, that was definitely learned a lot being there. more Americanized than I thought it would be. Very 90s looking where we were staying with the Blockbuster, the <laughs> 90s the yeah. 90s mall. They also had a mall that was like, it was kind of like a warehouse. It, like it, it looked like it was built like a warehouse on the inside. Yeah. And there's just little, there's just stores all over the place in there. And, <laughs> Jesus. And we, we called that the Dirt Mall. <laughs> Because you remember in the movie, remember in the movie Joe Mall Rats? Oh, the mall. movie Mall Rats. They had two malls that they would go to, like the one that was like you know the hip at that time. It was a '90s mall, but um, and then they had the Dirt Mall. Oh, that's that right. So, <laughs> so we called the one the Dirt Mall, and then the other one we called the '90s Mall. That's great. So you know we talked to people at the track. They're like, "Oh, did you get that at the Dirt Mall or the '90s Mall?" They're like, what? They're like, the dirt mall. They're like, 
oh, I get it. Yeah. Wow. So, but um, everything else, man, we it highly recommended to go to go there for sure. I really, I really liked Australia. I, I love the track. Probably the best one I've been to. Yeah. Uh, best worlds, I think, eight scale worlds I've been to. Uh, in terms of the track, I thought it was the right size, the right surface. I thought it stayed. Uh, it got a little bumpy, but not out of control. The guy still raced, uh, still good racing, qualifying. I don't think it really favored anybody. I thought it was a little open there. Um, just good all the way around. I mean, I don't think there was – I don't really have any complaints. Nice. Uh, the, the only real complaints from anybody were the bugs, uh, those mis- – Whatever they were, mosquitoes or something. Uh, but yeah, those are flying around all the time. Like we're trying to do videos and we're slapping these bugs away. <laughs> I would definitely, uh, you know, I I was my my buddies that I grew up racing with, Brad and Brett Ralphs. They went to the '89 Worlds that we've talked about several times. I was always so jealous that they went to that Worlds in Australia. It just seemed like such a big deal, you know, and. So now I, I feel like I went to Australia. I went, you know what I mean? Like it's like I finally. Yeah, you finally got there. The, that was the one thing they had on me is they went to the worlds in Australia. Like, yeah, I got to the worlds now. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, just like I said, highly recommended to go there. I'll try to get a few more photos of the. The, the water. Oh, that'd be nice. Because yeah, that was some pretty phenomenal beach, beachfront avenue. Yeah, I, um, that was cool going through those digital copies that Chili gave me. So thank you again. That was awesome. Loved it. Chili, uh, send me a digital copy of every RC car action ever. Thank you. Every. <laughs> well, you can. You know what? You can skip. Uh. You could stop after. Just send like, them all the oval episodes. Yeah, yeah. Good. Send me the uh, ones with uh, Kirby in there in the car action advertisements. That's cool. Looking at ninety nine, two thousand, somewhere in there, Chili. Look for the Kirby ads and send them to me. Anything else? Actually, I think he posts them. Yeah, you know what? He he has some type of a deal with Kirby because. Yeah, every, every so often. Time, yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. like, and it's like the same ones over and over again. Well, think. I think it's his memories, like the when he posts something, then a year later it shows up and he reposts it again. And You're like, this guy is just everywhere. He's a big Kirby fan. I mean, who wasn't? Man, we got tons of questions here. We got to re- really rip through these. Um, okay, go ahead. Because, uh, so Australia, you know, hey, we didn't get to bring the hardware. Visit, visit uh, it. Yeah, we didn't uh, come, come away with the victory like we wanted to, but uh, now we got to turn our uh, attention to 10th uh, scale. Off-road worlds. Uh, where's that at, by the way? It's going to be in Slovakia. Oh Jesus! It was supposed to be. That sounds further than Australia. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is there a war supposed... going on there? <laughs> How can you guys go to Slovakia during a war? I don't know. You have to figure that out. That might have to be canceled. Really. It doesn't seem to really matter what's going on. Oh wait a minute! This is the one at the X-ray. Correct. Oh okay. I, I always get. Uh... Slovakia and uh, um, Syria mixed up for some reason. Anyway. 
Anyway, so this is an X-ray. Desert uh... Storm Worlds. Desert Storm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so this what do you is guys' an... team shirt look like? Oh, it's a bunch of camo. <laughs> Digital camo. Digital. Um, so it's in uh, X-ray's uh, facility. Yeah. Um, that that actually should be that would be really cool to go to. Yeah, everybody. Everybody's pretty upbeat about doing that event. I, th- yeah. I think um, those guys will put on a hell of an event. Yeah, I mean it'll be one of the best for sure. I think Every- everyone's everyone's a little bit um, a little creeped out about the fact that you know it's on their home track, but but hey, what do you? Yeah. What are you going um, to do? You know, it's, uh, they got the facility to do the event, and nobody else can come up to the table and and, and uh, in that yeah, we supposed to. Then that's what we got. That's, but you know what? All the pressure's on them because it's their building. Yeah. And you're expected to win. Now they're going to be like, oh God, we got to win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and you're going to put. Uh, next thing you know, you're screwing up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I see they signed uh, Paul Sicarello. They did. Gosh. That's big news. It really is. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations, Paul. We'll have to get Paul back on the show and talk about that. Yeah, we'll be back on the – we'll talk about X-Ray. Yeah. Now, now X-Ray is awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah. So the world's uh, at the X-Ray uh, in Slovakia. Uh, next, yeah, that's uh, the next. That's the next one. The next focus. That's I think that's where you're going with it. Yeah, that's gonna be big. And, uh, I and what I was gonna say, uh, is... I expect you guys to wear suits. At uh, least X-ray drivers need to. I should at least bring one and just kind of mock them. Yeah, just troll them. Yeah. Very first day. That'd be great. Get them out of their game. That's true. In their house, in a suit. You're like, can you believe this guy? Look at, look at this guy. Look at this freaking guy. I was going to start talking Italian, but I don't think they speak. <laughs> there you go. Look at this freaking guy, huh? Who the hell they thinking of? The Jason Rhoda. <laughs> kick his ass nine ways to Sunday. <laughs> I'll leave his carcass in the dumpster after this race. X-Ray's going to put a hit out on me. <sighs> I like X-Ray, though. You know I'm a big fan of them. So. You are. You and Kirby. I, I know. We're like, Schumacher damn. and X-Ray, you guys are just like... <laughs> We're, we're all over that. We're like, yeah. Jason, check this car out. <laughs> Come on, guys. Ah, uh, shit. Hmm. Oh, Schumacher Top Cat's being re-released. Hey, that's that's really that's huge news, man. I I would not expect to them to do that at all. Because uh, the, the the first uh, they did the Schumacher Cat, right? XLS and. Uh... Hmm. Um, I guess we're speculating for some reason that it didn't sell too well. So to bring the Top Cat out, we were kind of like, "Wow, going with another throwback." Well, what what one of the things that I was told is it actually did sell really well. Oh, okay. I don't know where I heard that from then. Well, it must have if they were going to do the Top Cat. Maybe. I guess so. Hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool, Top Cat. I watched the interview with the Cecil Schumacher. It's pretty interesting <laughs> when he said he designed how he designed the car, and, and it's pretty cool. I haven't I haven't watched it, but I would imagine that it's pretty informative. 
Top Cat. Man, I wanted that car. Was the car, that car has a cantilever front suspension? Can I can I lead it what? Cantilevers. <laughs> it was just funky. Yeah. Lay down shocks. The freaking arms. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Anytime you have a, when you have a lay down shock like that, and in order to get the, um, you have to be able. You can use a short shock. Okay. But with the addition of the uh, mechanism, which in this case is the cantilever mechanism, you can in, you can multiply the amount of uh, how much travel you have in the, in the suspension. So, ah. <clears throat> with a Lay, short layman shock, terms, uh, Clark, none of that bullshit jargon. With a short shock, with a short shock, with a use of a cantilever, you can multiply it. The, you know how much travel that you have. Huh. Yeah, I would have never been able to uh, make that car work, but I definitely wanted one. I guess now I, here's my chance to own one. Schumacher, send me one. Yeah, get on it. I will probably, I will probably get that car. You gonna get the Top Cat? Like, yeah. Oh, you're a prick. It's not something I would normally buy. Yeah, but what the uh, hell? But I do. Since Scotty wants it, uh, I'll just buy it and rub it in his no. face. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how did I get on Schumacher? Uh, X-Ray, Schumacher. That was one of you guys' brands you love. It is. Schumacher and X-Ray, man. Here's a real interesting one that uh, Ben Howard brought up in our, in our uh, post. What does Jason think about the idea of calling mod A grade and stock B grade? I know it's just words, but I think we are egotistical and would help guys go try mod or A grade because they don't want to be B graders forever. Uh, maybe. Um, I think we're going <laughs> to... Yeah, it's a possibility that that... Wow. So you this know, has been something he, floating around, some some uh, talk going around about this? No, not so much that. I just think that um, one of the things that has happened is just <sighs> the whole idea that somebody can run stock essentially forever now. And we've, we've talked about this before. It used to be a stepping stone to mod. That's what stock used to be. Is um, that's where you started, and that's kind of where you got your feet wet, and then you progressed through the ranks, and uh, eventually you can you can get into mod, and that's where you want to be. But now we have guys that, uh, as Paul Paul likes to put it, uh, they're career stock racers, where they <clears throat> they. They're just going to race stock, you know, I don't know how you want to say it, just till they can't anymore. They're not racing. And so, you know, like what Paul always talks about is he's like, he goes, you know, he goes, I used to beg. He's like, I used to beg my dad to let me run mod. Yep. He's like, come on, dad. Let's, am I ready for mod? You know, and he'd be like, nope. Nope. <laughs> you know, you're not ready. 
Yeah, my dad was going to buy me a mod motor because it was just so much, you know. But yeah, the yeah. goal the goal was to get out of stock, man. That was the goal. Yeah, because you made it. It feels like you made it somewhere, and you were going to run with the big boys and mod. And now the competition is so. Um, I don't even know what the right word is. It's the competition in stock is almost more intense now than the competition in modified. And that's something that has been difficult for me to accept because I'm, I'm not as old, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. I'm not as old school as Paul, but you know, I wasn't that far after him and we just wanted to race stock long enough so we could get to mom. Mm -hmm. And it's been tough for me to re, evaluate the way people race now in the industry because I was always under the assumption that, you know, you wanted to move to mod and then that's when you raced with the big boys and, and, you know, you won and lost in that class. And that's how, and that's how things went. But now people can race stock seemingly a long time. And we've, and we you know we've talked about, We've we've actually had to create other classes now, separate from stock, just so um, entry level people have a class to race in because guys are so serious about stock that it's not a good place to start. And it's actually, you know, stock racing is probably actually it, well, it is. It's harder to prepare for. It's harder to be. Um, you know, ready to go. I mean, uh, it's it's just been it's a real difficult class to compete in now. You have to be ready, otherwise you'll get your your butt kicked. And many guys uh, did get their butt kicked at the IOCC that I was just at. Uh, but if you're not ready, that's what happens now. Wow. You were saying. Um... I think in the past episodes, it's because these guys, because you could tinker with the cars so much to get them. Like you're doing more with the car. What, right? You know, the way Paul puts to... it is, I think is good, is he says that now stock is, stock's the only class you can buy speed. Okay. And that's the way he puts it. And I think it's very uh, accurate. Because you are what you are, so to speak, and, and modified because you find out right away you either have it or you don't. You can always look for you leave it? Alright, see you, Fred. In stock, you can always feel like you can uh, work really hard on the equipment or you can buy additional speed by by buying hop-ups or different things. Which uh, was a lot of fun on. back in the day. I mean, yeah. That was, that was great, messing mm -hmm. with the cars, trying to get the hop-up parts to make you just a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it has a lot to do with it just being different times now, and things are just uh, very different uh, in today's day. Uh, but, but it took me a while to to that. 
I don't know that I'm still still not adjusted to it, but yeah. Um, like it or not, that's that's how it is now. Is there's a there's a, an expert stock or whatever you want to call it. It's just as competitive, if not more competitive than uh, than modified. Um, I think modified is still where your your top tier drivers are, and uh, ultimately where you uh, want to be as a driver. But but now stock is getting getting sort of a different angle that that wasn't that didn't exist before. And I don't necessarily agree. That's just how it is. Uh, there's some people in here commenting. Uh, John Carlson says, uh, "I was just telling a buddy we should call Mod Pro Am and Stock Novice." Well, I don't. I don't know. Uh, and some people agree with them. That's the way it was back in the day. Yeah, it's it's a possibility. I just don't know if the name thing is going to work on all these guys because ultimately they're still going to run it because the class they feel they can win and most be most competitive in. And as Paul likes to put it, it's the class they feel they can buy speed in. And um, I think there is a uh, there's something to be said for for that. I think that's the position we're in. So, but what all that comes down to is it makes it to me it makes it that much more important to have like you know we kind of promote this independent class and do these other things because I feel like that's where a entry level racer get into and have some success we'll see like uh, Pete Phillips mentions here um, he was saying that um, endless pressure to run faster faster classes is one of the several issues keeping old guys like me from getting back into the races so he was for you know stock because he says I think there's enough people putting down stock racing classes without adding another name to the list of classes um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see anybody ashamed of racing stock or being shamed at all at any of the races. I think if you want to race it, there's more than enough people that, uh, that will support the decision to run it. So these class, like back in the day, there was a big noticeable difference between stock and mod. Mm-hmm. So today... Is there, I mean, these stock classes, these stocks are just as fast as mods, aren't they? Well. In some cases? Yeah, they are. Uh, there is there is some cases where you get on the straightaway or you get on any type of track situation. What they don't have is the bottom end power. They have plenty okay. of top speed, but they don't have the bottom end power of modified. So, like, I guess a good example is we were just running the IOCC race over the weekend and they had a double jump that was coming right out of a corner and it wasn't it wasn't easy to just uh, to just hit that jump no problem and, and and clear it in stock. As a matter of fact there was a big difference if you could jump it versus other people that didn't. I know like um, you know the guys that I've talked about before but um, they're uh, 
the Meredith Motorsports guys. There's this guy Troy Meredith. He has a uh, he works together with his <clears throat> racers that he has that run a lot of stock for seventeen mm. five. And dude, these guys were just killing it on the jumps. Uh, just they had no problems doing this double jump, or at least his yeah, his main his main guys. And they probably had um, they had a huge advantage being able to do that jump over the other guys. And I, as a matter of fact, I think his driver passed a few people over the jump. And but on the straightaway, the cars are very similar to you know say like a seven point five modified or something like that. 7.5, 8.5 modified. Uh, so they're similar there. But it's that bottom end power that I think uh, that they don't have. And these guys were able to get it over some of the other racers. And I think it's the reason why they why they ended up winning. Hmm. I think that they had a definite advantage there. And and I think that's you know, that that's, was the reason why they ended up winning. So, th- yeah, there is a power difference. Mostly feels like it's on the bottom end to me, anyway. I watch, yeah. and and uh, going by this particular race that we were just at, uh, that was where they were most noticeably not quite as quick. Wasn't that uh, wasn't that bottom end area? Yeah. So Pete, I, I'm not sure. Like for for me, I'm just he saying. He can go out. I think he has. Uh, there's a there's no shaming in any class anybody's running. Um, I don't think that he would ever see um, any. What as as a matter of fact, I think that. Uh, there's people that are, you know, older racers or racers that used to race before. They actually come and race modified because it's easier than stock. They don't have to play the stock games, you know, the charging, the discharging, right. the, you know, motors and batteries of the week and whatever the case may be. Um, you don't have to play any of those games if you run mod. You can, you know, like I said before, the only time I usually take my motor out is to, you know, build a new car or you know, change the electrical. I never take it out to work on it. Uh, it just stays in there until I put a different one in. <laughs> so modified, I see a lot of people running mod just so they stay away from the, the that other side of it. Mm. But I think, I think in general, if you want to run stock, nobody ever says anything about running it uh, because now there's a lot of good drivers that race it all the time so there's nobody has anything to to say because they're already in racing so definitely not an excuse not to race that's for sure in these today day and age i would actually recommend um, for somebody getting back into it or racing it i would recommend our like run our races our independent stock class that's perfect for like pete um, guys that are getting quicker, getting faster, and want to take on some sponsors, they race in the expert stock class. And then the guys that are sort of traditionally, 
I don't know how you want to say it, but traditionally like the kings of the castles in the area or the fastest guys or um, they race modified. King of the so, castle, lord of the manor. <laughs> so that, um, you know, that's what that's what we see anyway. So that's that's what I would go for. Yeah, I, like I said, for me, it's just, you know, old school. So for me, it was stock, and you wanted to get the mod. So that was stock is so popular too. Uh, somebody alluded yeah, to that. Yeah, it's so we'll different wait. today. We'll, we'll, so for we'll me, we'll wait till you get to that that question. Oh, there's another question here. Yeah. There's a bunch of about stock. Okay, I'm just all over the place here, so I don't know. Okay. Um. So, okay, we'll end that right there. All right, Jason, we'll, we'll go we'll go Nitro here. Okay. My question from Patrick Dillon. I noticed most of the pros run three or four port Nitro engines. Why don't they run seven or more port engines? That's not really a good question for me. Um, but I, while we're talking, I'll try to come up with the answer. So go, keep going, and I'll ask. All right, Jason, Kyle Gannon, any idea when Aqua Compound will be released? Um, it'll be in the next year, I would say right around February, March. Uh, will more than the Ellipse be available in this compound in the future? Eight scale tires. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's another tire question for you, Jason. Toby Hampson. You know about tires, right, Jason? Okay, we'll ask you this. I one. did. I was curious if he could elaborate. I was curious if he, meaning you, Jason, okay, could elaborate why he dislikes off-road racing on slicks. Just curious for his insight on this. Yeah, I mean, uh, that goes back a long ways for me and uh, for others. There was a track called M&M Hobbies back in the old days, Um in the late 90s in, in uh, Corona, California. One of the best tracks in those days. And I remember trying to go there. I lived in California then. And what I noticed about slicks at that time, and I think it still stays true today, is if you don't, if you don't run on that track all the time with the slicks, prepared uh, it's difficult to come in and be competitive or have a good experience if you're not accustomed to racing on that all the time so what i always kind of felt was it deterred new people or other people from the surrounding area from coming to the track and racing because they knew that they were racing in different conditions than they were accustomed to and, and and they would just not race because they would say, "Oh man, if I gotta go down there, I gotta do this." And I, you know, so and so races there all the time on slicks, and he's got something figured out. And yeah, it's just not you know for me. Which you can you can say that's a lot of excuses too. People just afraid of competition or afraid of getting beat up on. But what I noticed racing in the '90s was if we ran treads at a certain track we uh, several of us could go and run and race against kinwald and 
the guys he raced with in those days very easily. Um, we could go track to track and we could run and then we'd show up at M&M and we could race with our treaded tires. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, but when they went to slicks and those guys continued to run there constantly and we would move around and come back, it was very frustrating because first of all, we didn't have prepared tires uh, for that particular surface. And all of a sudden the guys that were there all the time had an extremely huge advantage over the people that came in from out of town and or, or just out of the area. And I felt like, to me, that stunted the growth of that track was due to the tire that you ran. And sure, people that do it all the time say, well, you just run slicks and it's easy. And, you don't, you know, once you have your slicks, you don't have to have new tires all the time. But that's not necessarily true because you still do have to have multiple tires and mount tires because the slicks get old. They get too soft. They don't work right. Um so you still are mounting tires. Mm. So it's not like you're going, you might go through less tires or you have a very, uh, your selection now, you, your selection of tires, you may have just as many tires, but they all now look the same. Now they're all slicks and you say, all right, well, you know, I use this particular tire sauce with this tire and this particular sauce with this tire. And, um, that's how the slick tire games work. And the other thing, and that's running a wet track on slicks. That's my experience with wet track slicks is, first of all, it's harder. It's harder to drive. It's harder to get other people interested in doing it that traditionally run something different because they're intimidated. They know what's involved in, uh, in running slicks. So all those factors. Then you go to dry track slicks, which to me is has a better feel to drive the car. I feel it's a little more traditional feel. But what happens with dry track slicks is the second you can use slick tires, you pretty much can't use anything else because everything else is just nowhere near fast enough. So no matter what you, how you feel about the slicks and how they drive, they're always faster. And however you want to However you want to slice it, however you want to say it, there, there, you have to run slicks if you want to be f- fast, competitive, lap time wise, and, and I think, so, and that's on a dry track, and all these tracks typically will dust up. You get a little dusty, so when the track is perfectly prepared and you can run dry track slicks, it feels really good. But when the track starts to dust up, that's what separates kind of the men from the boys. Because when you get on the outside of any track that has dust, you immediately, when you run slicks, the car just spins out. Hmm. It doesn't matter what you do when you're in the dust. Um, when you have slicks on the car, you just have, you have no control over so then, you know, then then there's the games where people will say, well, I, I'm going to run treads because I know at the end of the race that um, I'm going to have some tread left and um, I won't spin out in the dust. All right, well, the guy that's the home track hero, uh, 
that runs slicks is going to be faster than you to begin with because it's his track. And then on top of that, he's going to manage it in the dust with the slicks. So he's going to have the best of both worlds. He's going to run slicks for speed. He's going to get it through the dust just enough towards the end of the race with his knowledge. And um, and it, it's just better. Uh, but it's very frustrating to drive uh, like that if you're not used to. And I think that Generally, what happens is a guy shows up, he drives his car, and when he has that feeling that I'm describing, he doesn't want to come back. That's why I don't like slicks. All right, well, well explained, Jason. Uh, I did ask about the engine thing while we were talking, too. Oh, you're asking for help on that. You, you, you called a lifeline. I did. And um, I still don't have a great answer. But what I've heard, what, what was said here was the um, some of the engines on the market, including like the Reds engines, are 5 to 7 port. <clears throat> well... And common, I guess, common knowledge um, around the industry used to be that more ports, you could get more power. Well, all OS engines are three-port. And uh, at least to many people, they also have the most power. So traditional thinking was that the 5 and 7 port engines actually had more power. Well, according to according to this, the OS engine is actually three ports and the common knowledge or not common knowledge. The common theme around the pit area is that they have the most power. So to answer your question, I still don't know, and I did ask somebody pretty damn knowledgeable, and they, that was their response, that traditional thinking had the 5 to 7 producing more horsepower, but the fact that the OS engine is kind of commonly accepted as the most power and there are only three ports, have a lot of the experts scratching their heads. Ah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, you would think more ports, the better. All right, we're going to go back to a tire question again, Jason. Awesome. Kyle Predmore wants to know, when will, the, when will there be a carpet tire gluing video? The front two-wheel swaggers have me baffled. And Matthew Gonzalez tried to help over Messenger got caught got all caught up on winning in vegas hmm, congratulations uh, yeah. matthew sometimes you get caught up you know you have to talk about that race that was another one that you went to yeah uh, people are gonna have to put that one on their calendar <clears throat> so i responded they jason they want to see another 20 minute video on how to glue a tire again so there you go you know what's funny is uh 
I made a tw- yeah, like you said, we made that twenty minute video. Yeah, you got trash, right? Somebody said oh, twenty yeah. minutes like, to glue. I'd rather it. watch paint dry than watch this video. That was one of the guys. <laughs> That's great. And it wasn't me. So. You know what's funny is it's like you're watching the video. Yeah. Thanks for watching. You are thanks for watching. You're watching this video. And now you're trashing the video. Anyway. Yeah, podcast sucks. Um, I hate listening to it. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, it's a lot easier than he thinks it is because those tires are so hard that you don't have to glue them as well as you glue like a, a traditional dirt tire. <clears throat> so so, what, so what's the deal here with the I don't I don't even know what's the deal with the swaggers they're, being they're tiny they're tiny tires. Okay, I think is one of the things is they're very small and so it's hard to. It's hard to, to grab them and position them where you want and, and then get the glue, you know, where you need it. So I think that's kind of where people struggle a little bit with them. But I, I think I mentioned this before, but <clears throat> since the tires are so hard, you don't really have to put a lot of glue in especially on those fronts all we do is we take a little bit of thin glue mm. we don't peel we don't pull the tire back and put the glue all the way down in the bottom of the bead all we do is leak a little of the thin glue down the the very on the very outer bead and when mm. you're using thin thin glue it just kind of naturally leaks down in there no oh. and it's actually the easy probably one of the easiest tires to glue because they kind of stay together on their own because they're so hard. But as long as you use a little thin glue and just get it kind of in there, done. It's actually pretty much done. Hmm. So yeah, I <clears throat> I think what happens is if you're kind of bound and determined to be really picky and get it exactly perfect, then I think that's where some guys get in a little bit of trouble because they're they're just they want that thing to be you know they want to glue it. Pull it back all the way, get all the glue in there, pull it back over. Yeah, because that's what you're used to doing. Yeah, so. it is. And uh, with these, I don't really think you have to do it that way. <clears throat> you can kind of get away with kind of doing a lazy man's glue job, and I think that's the gaudy that. way. Yeah, yeah I mean, <clears throat> not only the gaudy way, I mean, that's how I do it. So, <laughs> the lazy and it way. works. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it works. Like, uh, so I would, I would recommend. Trying that out, yeah. Give that a shot. Yeah, doing, doing the lazy man's, the lazy man's glue setup works pretty well. Meanwhile, maybe, uh, maybe I'll put a video out. Who knows? Yeah, I still, I think it's like you said, it's it's worth a video because I think there are people that want to know, but you know, the other side of it is, you know, kind of deal with people trashing me. But hey, <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching. I guess that's part of it, right? Yeah, since when you let that bother you. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to another tire question. A lot of tire questions here for some reason. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Shane Trailer uh, says, uh, when picking tire compounds, do you always try to stay within the recommended temperature range? Um, if you have too much traction, would you go to a harder compound first or try to free the buggy up with a different tread pattern first? 
eighth scale outdoor. So uh, picking tire compounds, do you always uh, stay within the temperature range, the recommended temperature range? Uh, and he's racing eight scale outdoor. Yeah. In general, like when we were at the Worlds, I actually didn't bring or use the temperature of the track to determine what compound um, we were thinking about using or recommending. Hmm. <clears throat> Although that is probably the reason, you know, we do make those recommendations as a way for people to understand when to change and how to change. But I think if you kind of have a feel for the track conditions and how they're progressing, normally it has to do also with the abrasiveness of the track. So, for instance, for instance, uh, like they'll be racing up at the Badlands this weekend, which is an eight-scale race going on in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And uh, the fall brawl at the Badlands track. And this track, it's going to be kind of cool there. Uh, you know, the temperature's turning a little. It's going to be a little bit cold out. But what's going to happen is the track's going to also be, it's going to get a lot of sun. Mm. If the weather's good. It's going to be very sunny. And they're, it's going to get a big groove to it. So it's going to get abrasive. When the track starts getting abrasive, regardless of even the temperature you can go to the longer wear tires and the harder tires because and you start getting more speed out of the harder tires because the the car reacts quicker and accelerates faster with the harder tires on the abrasive track the softer tires start to fold over they get as you use them they get warmer and they are more inconsistent and they're just, they're not even as fast. Some people think, oh, I can run a super soft tire on this abrasive track and it's going to be faster. And that's not necessarily true. Usually the harder tires are actually faster and uh, more consistent. But what's funny is they're actually, they can be a little bit harder to drive. So uh, you have to balance those factors. So what I look at for sure is the temperature. If you see it's really hot, you do have to consider the the harder tires. But if the surface itself is not abrasive and grooved, might not necessarily need that tire yet. So you have to kind of weigh both of those things. I usually go by looks of the track first and then temperature second. And then what was the other question? If you had too much traction, would you go to a harder compound first or try to free the buggy up with a different tread pattern first? I think you're going to have to try different tread patterns because the compound you might have to stick with because of speed and maybe some longevity in the tread life or, or something, but um, you might have to try different tread patterns to make it easier to drive. Like for us, if we go to a detox tire or what we call our diamond bars, they're always a little easier to drive than a pin tire. So sometimes when we, if you go to a track, it has a ton of grip. You don't need the smaller pin tires anymore. You need you need longevity in your tread, and you need also you need. Um, I'm not sure what the right word is. Oh, you want it to be easier to drive. 
the the pins that are the closer together, like the detox, like the diamond bars, actually provide an easier uh, easier feel around the track. And you can see that like when we run a lot of these races, and you can see the guys choosing the tires. Lots of times, if you got if we got detox on our car, that means the track has good grip. We're looking for a little bit of tread life, and we want it to be easier to drive. If you got diamond bars on it, that means that the track has an insane amount of grip. We're not really concerned about the dust, and we want that uh, consistency. And if the track is wet or loose, we got a pin tire on, probably a softer compound. How about that? How about that? How about that? There you go, Shane. And uh, if you have any questions, just... Uh... Get a hold of Jason. Yeah. He'll be more than happy to answer him for you. Help you set up your 8-scaler. All right. Thanks for the question there. Uh, here's another one for you from Jeremy Mark. First, wanted to say thank you to Jason and J-Concepts for giving the solid axle community all the new body options over the past few years. Most of my wish list bodies are now a reality. What are one or two of Jason's favorite bodies the company has produced thus far? I think my favorite, well, my favorite real truck body was when they ran the the eighty, the eighty seven to uh, ninety one Ford body style. That was my favorite generation. Watching the Bigfoot and the Ford trucks, um, <clears throat> we made that body for the standard length Cloudbuster stuff because that was my favorite. Um, since then, I've kind of developed some of my other favorites. Mm. Do tell. Let me pull them up. I think one of the ones I really like and this is, uh, on the different trucks is we have a 1988. And I'm not a Chevy guy, but I like the 88 snoop nose body that we have i think that is for race truck probably one of the cooler looking bodies that we've made <clears throat> so that one um the the 2010 ford raptor that we did for the bigfoot open house um uh, that's i really like that body i think it came out uh, came out really well, has the right look, uh, really looks to me like the real truck. So that one in the Snoop Nose, those are probably my favorite two. Um, I'm just trying to toggle through some in case I forget. Yeah, so like the Snoop Nose, like the Raptor. And we have a new one coming, which... Um, is the F, the 2005 F250. I think those are my three favorite bodies that we have. Eventually we'll do a larger scale, um, bigger version of our, what we call, I believe, our 89 Ford body, which is my favorite monster truck body <clears throat> from the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, we'll eventually do a larger size version of that for the race trucks. And then I think that will probably also be That'll be my next, my next favorite. What was the other part of that question? 
Um, I don't think there was one. He was just thanking you for uh, all the work you're doing there for the solid Axle community. Oh, we we love it. We love that. We love that racing. We had a good race at the King of the Monster Trucks. I really wish I could make it up to more, do more events. I'd really enjoy running the monster trucks. That's something I want to do more of next year because it just kind of a it's a nice it's a fun thing for me. I like to build a truck that looks like one of them that's you know you had uh, that was that raced in those days and uh to me that's what actually makes it fun is you can make something that looked like the real thing back then and you can go out and they usually refer to you as a truck name when you're racing. You know, it's like so and so racing Bigfoot Four, or so and so racing, you know. So it's kind of fun to have your different truck identities. And um, the thing about it, it's addicting. As soon as you make one, you want to make the next. And um, you know, you finish one, and all of a sudden you're thinking of that next one you want to build. So, so yeah, next event I'll probably be building another truck because you're because because it's addictive, right? Here's a question that just came in from Jason Minich. Jason, your company has its feet in most of the different RC disciplines. Do you see excessive lower-tier sponsorship that takes sales away from hobby shops in crawling, monster trucks, and touring car or on-road? Or is it something only in off-road racing? So do you see lower-tier sponsorships taking away sales? You know, it. it uh, I think it would be... It definitely takes sales away from somebody, uh, but because that's you know if, if you're not buying it here, you're buying it there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty fair to say. But I think the other thing that people don't necessarily uh, analyze completely is the amount of hobby shops out there capable of giving everything the racer needs is also not quite as high as it once was because our product is much more difficult than it's ever been Uh, with the amount of different, you know, I I don't want to sound like I'm making all kinds of weird excuses, but if if a customer, what I'm trying to say is, is if a customer doesn't buy it, uh, if they don't have a local hobby shop and they're buying it online from Amin Hobbies or any, or eBay or Amazon, <clears throat> they're not supporting the local hobby shop anyway. They're supporting their online hobby shop. Right. So what I see happening and we get, you know, resumes, letters, uh, different things from people where that's where they're buying the majority of all their hobby product from is they're buying it online. And I think we, everyone also has to consider that when these get, when people are buying stuff, they are buying it online. They're not buying it from a local hobby shop either because it doesn't exist or they don't have one. And 
I think that that is as big of a factor in the business that as sponsorships are that there simply isn't enough well-stocked hobby shops that have the race product they're specializing in something else uh, a lot of the hobby stores i go to now don't have race oriented product and you could say it's for multiple reasons you could say you know it's for whatever reason but you know i've been to several in the past year and they don't even mess with the racing stuff because it changes often. People don't come in looking for it off the street. Um, they're looking for inexpensive um, entry-level vehicle, you know, Christmas presents, whatever. And they're they're buying Traxxas cars. They're buying you know ready-to-run cars uh, that the race companies don't make or aren't known for I guess you could say so I it's easy to blame a lot of things on this or that but I think you have to look at at the whole picture and say that uh, race cars are just that they're race cars and some of these hobby shops now aren't race shops they're hobby shops hmm. and they're not they're not stocking a, a race car because they're custom, they know the customer that they're going to have is an entry-level person that's not interested in a race car. They're going to buy a Traxxas. They're going to buy a scale truck. They're going to buy... Um, so these shops are stocked. I mean, I've been to a lot this year, and there I've, I've been to several shops that don't even have one associated car there. There's not wow. one associated car. There's not one TLR car. But they do have plenty of Traxxas. And they do have plenty of um, other entry-level type vehicles. And, and of course, like we said, the, the, there's multiple reasons for any, any of these things. You know, they kind of go back and forth. But this is something that I've noticed, and it's just hard to one one goes you know, one plays off of the other. Yep. Um, I'm trying to trying to get a good answer, but people are going. What they're also doing is they're going to where they know they can find what they're looking for in a short amount of time, and they're also looking for the most competitive product at that time. So lots of times people are going direct to find these things. You know, they're going direct to find a, a you know, a race equipment they're looking for. They're going direct or they're going to A-Main Hobbies to, to make, because they know they have sock of certain things. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's hard to answer the question completely, but what I'm trying to say is it's not as cut and dry as maybe people think it is that, you know, you just, you know, the, anybody can move in, offer a couple sponsorships, and you're just, um, you know, 
killing the sales because there isn't there isn't a lot of these there isn't a lot of these hobby stores out there that are carrying everything that people are looking for they're they're they have also catered their product differently based on the, the sales that they have and and when you know maybe a racer's also been there they've seen that they don't have it and they say oh i gotta go somewhere else and get this so it is a, it is a two-way street there are some great hobby stores out there obviously a bunch of them um, you know, you know, we've worked with and we do work with, but they normally have tracks. The better, if if a good there's a good race shop out there, uh, they usually have uh, they usually have great tracks. You know, like we've talked to a, a bunch of them here recently, right? Mm-hmm. We talked to Alex Sturgeon. We talked to uh, you know <clears throat> more over at. Uh, Mo, you know, Mohr. We talked to him. They have good, they have good tracks, so they they stock these products. Chad but a lot Brockman. More, exactly. Uh, but you know, I've been to you know, I went to we were in St. Louis. I was over with Fred. We went to a hobby store in St. Louis. Great hobby shop. Freaking, they had all kinds of stuff. Right. But they didn't have any race stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we bought you know, Fred and I we bought some. Um, he loves these certain body clips. That are hard to find. Body clips. You know, hmm. We got it. It sounds stupid, but they're they're awesome. Yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of factors in going on with with uh, with all this stuff. Okay, this is this is from Tim Marzine, and he's also the winner of the prediction of the worlds. Damn. Because he's the only one that straight up said Angaro. And Chili okay. Duncan's claiming he nailed it, but um, he also threw Tebow in that mix. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, I don't think that's fair to Tim. Tim Tebow or Jared Tebow? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He didn't specify. <laughs> Can't do the laugh now. Forget how it goes. Got to watch it again. So Chili, uh, you know, hey Chili. Let's give Chili something. Okay, we'll give Chili some because he's always repping Rip, so we appreciate that. I think I think he just, also reps uh, J Concepts too. Guy just he reps. I mean, he's repping. What can you car give action. Chili that he doesn't probably already have? I mean, if he's not rep, I mean, he's repping Car Action. He's he's repping everybody. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's you know just, what? Give Chili something. We'll give him something. Hook him something, and he's, we'll give Tim some. So those were the two guys. Tim Razine. He wants to know why RC ice racing isn't a thing. Okay. <laughs> RC ice racing. Hmm. Well. Did you guys ever come to a conclusion on whether a riding lawnmower can make it across country? So we're not even we're not even entertaining the uh, the ice racing question. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, why is RC ice racing not a thing? Probably because it's cold. <laughs> So, okay, you wanted to get, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess um, you can do it inside a hockey know, rank though. Matt Olson with MIP, uh-huh. they ran a race okay. uh, where it was icy. Oh my god, they did. Uh, they fifth scale, they went and raced on ice in fifth scale. Because I remember he he had to get 
you know, he got products from us for the event. And wow. Yeah. He, That's crazy. I know. Were but you going to Antarctica did. for that or what? <laughs> I think it was like Canada or I, I can't remember, but it was it was a major commitment uh, to do what they did. And they actually, I think it actually went really well. No, well, okay, maybe this is what he's referring to. Maybe uh, I think it might be like that's the. So only... there actually is an RC ice racing thing. It's just uh, not. He's wondering why it's not blowing up. Interesting. I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think Lord. that as dumb as it sounds, is you know there is a little bit to it that it's like, hey, who wants to go out there, you know, when it's icy and and race? I mean, I, I can't. One of the most painful things that can happen to you in our let me just clarify in RC racing is when you're wrenching on your cars and it's freezing. Yeah. When you slip in, in your wrenching <laughs> oh, and it's God. ice cold, it is so painful for an RC guy. Yeah. That um, yeah, it's hard to come back from that. So for me, <laughs> so for me. Anytime it's freezing, I don't want to wrench. Yeah. Because I know, especially if you're running eight scale or something like that, where you know you got to use like man tools. And <laughs> man tools. They are. I mean, when you're when you're wrenching with a yeah, I like that eight scale buggy, you got to use man tools. Like you right, know, you can't use like all these little dinky things. You, know, you got to use like real wrenches. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's. Wow, so yeah, I guess uh, I'd look this up on YouTube. Probably, probably there's a lot of RC ice racing going on. And yeah, like the race, from what I remember, like went went really well. Hmm. Um, I remember Matt. Yeah, he 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 I mean, he just he loves all the racing he does. So he, he's not really gonna get you're not gonna get a whole lot of bad uh, a whole lot of bad comments out of Matt, but. Um, in general, yeah, I went. It's a good race. Crazy. Well, maybe we can uh, check this out and see what's going on in the RC ice racing scene. I, I, I'll, ch- I'll check I, YouTube out and see. I'm what's pretty going. sure this must be what he's referring to. Though. Yeah. Though those drift cars look like they're on ice all the time. Well, yeah. Then there's that. That's pretty crazy. Uh, did you guys ever come to a conclusion on whether a riding lawnmower could make it across country? Um, yeah, I think, uh, when I, when we talked about that, where, um, I don't know if you remember, Jason, we talked about the riding lawnmower trying to make it across country. Uh, we had, we had listeners, uh, message us with YouTube video links of, um, I guess people that done it. So I guess, I guess you can, but the only, the only thing I didn't like about it was they were gearing up the lawnmower to make a long trip. You know what I'm saying? They're modifying they it. They didn't just so drive it off the lawn. Yeah, I was talking about in that episode because I just literally came out from, came inside to record from uh, mowing the grass on a riding lawnmower. And I always just think about, like, as I'm riding it, I'm like, you know, I wonder if I could just hop on this thing. Just hop on the hop on the road and just go right down the road and just make my way down I-80 all the way out west. Pretty soon you're at OCRC. You know what I mean? Like, a, a, just a complete stock lawnmower with the deck and all on it. Mm-hmm. Can I make it? Yeah, you can't car- hop it. Though. 
Well, yeah, you can't do no modifications for it or anything like that. It's just straight up, actually, as you're mowing the grass and you're done mowing your grass, put the deck up and then go get right on the road. Can I go right on a road and cross country with that thing? I think it's a legitimate question. Yeah. Just the highway part would be difficult because I think you would get pulled over, right? <laughs> I don't think I could be on the I highway. Think, well, I think this is kind of the point we came to before. Yeah. Where... I think it would be a tad dangerous, too. But, uh, uh, can I, uh, Tim wants to know if he can get on a waiting list for an RC, RC10GT brushless motor plate. There's not a waiting list yet, but I think we'll make enough to where when we, we get her done that he won't really be struggling or whatever the case may be. He'll be able to get one. We don't uh, Jason. You don't, so you don't have a waiting list? You don't have a sign-up on your website like you did the BJ4? No, but I think... <laughs> Where I had my multiple names on there. Yeah, Masami Hirosaka. I, I really pumped up uh, your pre-order numbers, Jason, back then. Burger King. And you didn't even know me. All right, um, what would you what would you guess, Jason, was the maximum miles per hour you driven an RC car? He goes, I know that's a noob-type question, but I'm interested to hear I, back when I was in high school, my friend, uh, my friend and I, Jeff, used to race with me every weekend. But we went and, you know, it was just, you know, we would out, it was some way to incorporate RC into anything, right? So we, you know, I'd be bored and I had my RC10L, I remember, and we're like, it's like, let's, uh, let's turn this thing into a speedrun car. Because Abby, you know, the, the hot stuff was, I remember Cliff Lett and all those guys were doing their speed runs. Um, so uh, I took my 10L. We put, like, whatever the fastest buggy motor in I had at the time. And then I filled it with, you know, we filled both sides of it with batteries. Or, no, we put 12 cells in it. So I had 12 cells. I had, like, a 10-turn with 12 cells. Found one of our – went down. First, we went to – Actually, where my high school was, because they had a nice new paved road, and I felt like that was, you know, the best place to run that car. <laughs> so we equipped it. We went out there. He had like a, it was like a Honda CRX or oh. what was the little. It was a really small Honda car. Yeah, CRX hatchback. Is that, is that what it was? Yep. Yeah. And it had a little two seater. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. And I wanted that car, but uh... yeah, I mean, this is probably around the time period that you wanted it to. Yeah. yeah. Because I think he had a ninety. It was a nineteen ninety. Then I got a Geo Tracker, and I was like, yeah. You're like, ah, this is better. So. Yeah, we went out and took that. He had a sunroof. It had a sunroof. So I stuck the radio, you know, the antenna out the sunroof, and we took off on this, you know, this, this, this run on my uh, road where my high school was located here in Claremont. And so I was like, I said, all right, we'll just start. I said, going slow. I said, I'll go slow. And then I'll, I said, casually get into it and I'll start punching it so he's going you know 50 miles an hour 60 miles an hour and i'm just kind of 
I felt like I was, I had like no problems. Like I was, and I just punched it and it just left. It was gone. It left. The car was going so, like it just pulled away from the CRX. Oh, okay. And it was gone. (laughs) Just Jesus. And it was, we finally tracked it down. It was like flipped over into the ditch somewhere. And Jason's like, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. It was exactly like that. <laughs> like, we're in the car, you know, and he's going good. And I'm like, I'm like, all right. I said, I haven't punched it yet. And we're going like 50 miles an hour. Wow, this is crazy. And I, I punch it and the thing just leaves him. <laughs> just takes off. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So we did that. And I, I always figured that the thing went somewhere near 70, uh, which I don't know. It, it doesn't – when I think back, it doesn't seem like it should have went 70 miles an hour. But I remember being in the car and mm-hmm. you know him going like easily 50, and I just yarded it. Just blew him away. Yeah, so I always thought like it was going somewhere near. 70, but I, back then, Kent Clausen had the record 75.92 miles an hour on a, on the velodrome, and I was like, how was I going almost 75 miles an hour, and I didn't even do anything special? <laughs> right? Like, I'm thinking, yeah. we, I, I took my 10L, put 12 cells in it with a 10 turn, and I'm going 70 miles an hour, but it took Kent Clausen all this special engineering to do 75. Yeah. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> I, I was either like... What's the problem, Kent? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's probably the fastest I've ever driven an RC car, and it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, but there's kind of an end to it. It's like after you make that one speed run, and then we tried it again on another road, but I hit like those um, reflector things in the middle. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, oh boy. That thing. It <laughs> Did, launched, man. Didn't like that too well. Oh, that 10L was hating it. So you should have had the links too. It was soaked that right up. Yeah, I don't know. We are AE. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag we are AE. Gotti, come on. Um, so yeah, that was probably the fastest I've ever been. Uh, I think the fastest RC race car I've ever driven is an e-truggy. I had an e-truggy in Louisiana at the Southern Nationals one time. I had my Tekken speed control in there and um, reedy battery, and I just remember that thing being so fast, it was ridiculous on the track. I it it was so fun to drive. It was definitely the funnest race RC car that I've ever had in terms of speed and the truggy. You could drive it anywhere. You weren't afraid of anything. And you know, if you crashed in the you know anywhere, you just drive over the pipes. You know, that's how you race truggy. And it was amazing. It was so much fun to drive, and it was so fast. <clears throat> Years down the road, I, don't, I think we did a little more e-truggy, but it was never quite that fast. I don't know why that one was so ridiculously fast. But yeah. I, I remember turning the EPA's way down just because it was so fast, or dual rate or whatever we were using. Maybe it was EPA, but I remember turning all that stuff down just because the thing was so crazy. You know, the tires would be, they would balloon so much. Wow. 
under power, they would just balloon so much. It's tough to drive. All right, um, and I, I would guess somewhere around 10 miles per hour for me. Okay. Quick. Jason, here's here's one from me from Chris, and you can guess last name. Go ahead. Trudeau. There you go. Jason, are you ready to admit carpet is greater than dirt? No. Okay. I I'm trying to. <laughs> it's tough, man. It really is. We're old school, so we're always going to be partial to dirt. It's it's very tough. I can't admit it. I I just can't believe it. Very tough to admit. Yeah, to me, I I mean, we just had 200-something at the race at IOCC at Scotty's race in Vegas. Uh-huh. And I There's a lot of things to like about carpet. Is it off-road or is it like dirt? Not at all. Um, but it's another breed of racing that I think is actually just as enjoyable if the jumps are built correctly. What makes carpet racing miserable is if the jumps aren't built right. Mm, okay. If if you don't have well-sculpted or built jumps, man, the cars do not like them at all. And that's really the trick of the whole thing is building good jumps. If you can build the jumps right, it, it is. It's a ton of fun. So uh, was Vegas really good? It, it was. I mean... They actually had some jumps that needed some work. Uh, they worked on them a little bit throughout the race, trying to improve them uh, as much as possible. And I think that by the time the race comes around next year, they will have it perfected. Mm. Uh, so the jumps and the transitions will be right on the money. Uh, and that honestly, what makes that's what makes these races is how um, I mean <laughs> what's really kind of cool about this race I mean, we're kind of transitioning let's let's wait till the end for that race okay let's finish our questions all right and that does it for the questions uh, also what are Jason's thoughts on the current battery charging trends is it dangerous? Is it legal considering the rule about batteries being close to ambient temperature before a race? So, so what's going on there? Is this just in stock, this charging trend? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what it is is the you can you can charge the batteries harder and you can and achieve uh, the essentially get more power. So the harder you charge it, the more power you can get. And that's really what it comes down to. So it just it depends how uh, how aggressive the driver wants to get, you know, when they're charging their batteries. And it kind of determines a lot. Yeah, oh, I, I lost you again, Jason. So, how about now? Yep. It it does this dialing thing, and then you come back on. So, 
Yeah, it's uh, that's so, the thing is they what they try to do is control how hard you're you're matching them or not matching them how hard you're charging them by uh, by the temperature when you come through tech. So if you're coming through tech and the thing is just scorching hot, you know that you can't go out there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the limit. You've reached uh, you've reached the limit of what they want to allow. Uh, I don't know if you answered this. When are the Ellipse Fronts coming out? It's on the list of things we're going to have uh, for next year. We don't have like a 100% uh, date on it, but they are coming. <clears throat> RJ asks, uh, when will we see a Sweet 16 shootout with the top-ranked 20 drivers? in a 10-minute open qualifier? I saw this question, and I was trying to figure out the way that it would work. Top rank 20 drivers. So is this from, uh, so we're going to take the top, don't they do top 25 rankings? Yeah, they have a top 25. You can go there and you know check that out. We're going to see a pay-per-view with this uh, top 25 drivers, top 20, whatever you want. I'm still trying to figure out. Top 16 then, the rest go home. Eight car B with two bumping up. Handout cars. Handout cars. All identical. Random motor draw and handout. Uh, never. Let's just answer that right now. Not gonna That's a tough one. That's never going to happen. Those guys, don't they? Sweet 16 shootout. I, I kind of like, like the idea for sure. Will it ever happen? No, nope. probably not, because it'd be difficult to arrange that. Especially we have now cars. Yeah, I mean... You, you can't do that. Little... <laughs> Sponsorship be... stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i guessing that, you know, <clears throat> he's thinking that this would be, uh, you know, you would be doing this sort of around sponsorships. Like, they wouldn't really... It wouldn't be about who you're sponsored by. It's more of just a driver's shootout, I think, is the way I would understand uh, the way he's talking about this. Okay. I don't. I, I like this idea. Um, what I actually really like the idea of is kind of what he's uh, referring to a little. But I like the idea that you have to go to a race and – Build the car there and race it there. So it's like you do everything at the race. You get the you get the product there. You build it all there. You're, it has to be built by you, mm-hmm. and then you got to go race it. I actually like really think that would be cool. <clears throat> I actually hadn't proposed this idea yet, but. I kind of wanted to propose that uh, to Scotty uh, for his uh, for the race next year. I was like, man, what if we had a class where you know people could actually run a class that was just like that. Hmm. So, like, it could be sponsored by you know Associated or whoever. And you have to show up. All the equipment's there. 
um, you know, I don't know how you would determine, you know, how you buy it or where you get it from. Or what there's, however that works, it works. I don't know how that part would work because that comes down to racing and sponsorships of the race. And, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of BS that could be involved there, but not gonna happen. <laughs> Forget about it. But wouldn't it be cool though? To be able to run in a race where everyone has to build and prep it there. So so you have to do your own work. That's the whole idea, I think, is that, you know, it's not your dad building it. It's not, you know, your grandpa or it's not your grandpa. You know, <laughs> it's not whoever. <laughs> you know? Come on, car. Kawhi laugh, come on. <laughs> oh, forget <laughs> it, bad. forget it. Not it's bad, bad. it's bad, come on. Not bad, Give not me bad. Some credit. All right, all right. You shouldn't be giving me that credit. That's <laughs> <sighs> so crazy. But yeah, like, you know, you have to do all the work. You have to set your speed controls. You have to get your motors running. Mm-hmm. Um and then, like, the sponsors of the event or the class or however you want to say it, they could be very involved because you're going to have a lot of questions. You know, you're going to have these speed controls, you're going to have these electronics, and motors, and all this stuff, and you're going to be like, you oh, know, Lord. trying it seemed, to... <laughs> it seems too much. Too much to do. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be crazy running this thing. No way would you get Mayfield to do it. I'm just saying. Well, what's funny about this idea is when we had discussed this before with some people in the industry. Okay. Wow. The, we had brought this up because my contention was that Mayfield would easily win this contest. Really? Yeah, because he's accustomed to doing everything himself and not that other people don't, but I figure with his ability to build the car and to drive it, that he would be at a pretty big advantage. Wow. But to me, that determines that honestly, to me is more of a true, uh, you could determine a lot from that because it's like I said, it's not just it's not based on everything. All it's based on is you. What you're able to do. Can yeah. you build it? Can you put it together? Uh do all these different things that I think uh a lot of people get done for them. Can you body? You know, yeah, no. All these kind of things. That's just paint you know, one color. You know, what is what does it look like when you're done? You know, to ass. Uh, you didn't you didn't get the perfectly you know, you didn't get the perfect stick it one decals that just peel right <laughs> that peel right off and go right on the car and you gotta cut out your own decals and make this Oof. thing look look like a race car and it actually is more like a hobby. Yeah. Okay. It, so you not only are you determining who is a good driver, but you're also determining who can work on their own stuff? Who can build? Who can paint? 
who, you know. Well, they're just going to paint one color. Yeah, at the race, you're going to paint one color. But still, that's not easy for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, you know. You gotta use the, you know, you gotta use your window masks, and you got, you know, you got all oh, these things. Good lord! You gotta use what's available to you there, and come up would, with a nice. That'd be fun to watch. It would. I think it would be killer. Show up uh, to a track, and when they get to the pit table, there's a car kit there. Everything is there. Yep. You gotta break the seal on the kit. Start putting it together. Yep. It's just, and then. You know you have a rate. You know you have a uh, practice time or qualifying time mm-hmm. that is coming up, and you know whether it's a day or you know however long you decide you get to do all this. But it'd be something like that, something like a day. And no, if more qualifying, just ready go. <laughs> so you're going heads up. Huh? Yeah, I'm going heads up. Okay. Now let's see what you got. And you know what? I think this would be cool. Okay. Well. Because. What's going to happen is there's going to be some people that are going to surprise you because mm-hmm. they're they're able to do everything. And there's going to be some people that aren't. And you're going to be like, well, with this guy without his full program is not quite as good as I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Maybe neat. All right. Well, hey, good question. What else we got? All right. Um, Jason. Yeah. In five years, what could you see being the biggest change to RC? I remember when X Factory did their mid-motor stuff back in the early 2000s. Now look at where we are now. Now look at where we are now. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Now look at where we are now. Where are we? Where are we now? Where are we exactly? Um. So yeah. In five years, what is the biggest change that I see? Uh. That's very tough to answer, but I'm just gonna say in general, I think there's gonna be more technology involved <clears throat> with not only driving the cars. Things incorporating, you know, your phone, you know, just just more technology that way. I kind of feel the, that's the radios are going to get zero zero point two one faster response rate. Yeah, to me, I, I don't really care. Three point five ounces not, lighter. To me, it's not about the technology of the car or the setup. I honestly, I have a little bit of a different opinion about some of these things where, um, you know, people uh, give all this credit to, you know, uh, a company with a great race car that they, you know, they know they got the suspension geometry in place and they know where, uh, you know, as a race car. See, I don't see it quite like that anymore because, um, I think like companies like Traxxas have actually they're more technically advanced than all the race car companies are. They're just choosing to use it a different way for different customers. Mm. But um, you know, to me, the stuff that they're doing with their RTRs, 
are more technically advanced than what the companies are doing with their race cars. And I think that at some point we're going to have to incorporate some of these things into the, into our race cars in order to make it more fun and interesting for newcomers and kids. So I think that we're, we kind of have a hell of a ways to go in racing to technically be better. We, we've already, you know, we, the big things for us were brushless and lipo technology, uh, for racing, but there's going to have to be some other advancement that people are going to have to concentrate on other than straight up, um, you know, how the car works on the track. I, I don't see that being where we have to, have to advance. Um, what I see where we have to advance is being technically uh, more appealing to a younger technical savvy generation. Just the fact that it's radio control isn't a big deal to people anymore. Um, like when we were a kid, it was neat because you had this car and you were controlling it. Yeah. That's not cool. That's not like a big deal to people anymore. Like they know they can control things with a radio. Like, you know, that's not a big thing. Like, you know, we can open and close our garage door from our phone. You know what I mean? Like, and right. kids are used to all this kind of stuff and technology. Like driving an RC car isn't all that special to them. They know all that exists. Man, um, crazy. Right? I mean, yeah, thinking about that, it's just nuts. Um, you know, uh, we can, you can control your uh, your house thermostat from your phone. You know, Allison does that. So all these things that we have today. It, and, and we're still driving an RC car the same way we did back when Jay Halsey was driving. You know, it's it's pretty much exactly the same thing. What I see is it's going to have to be a little more technically advanced to kind of give you that wow factor that we haven't had in a while. And I think that's where we're going to be able to make an improvement. As, as soon as we can get that wow factor back, like, wow, I'm, I'm doing this, or this is neat, and I didn't expect this. And, you know, like, when you watch the movie with Jay Halsey in Deadpool, and, and that little car was driving around yeah. with a bomb. It was amazing. And, yeah, you're thinking, oh, my God, our, this car is radio controlled, you know? like. Yep. And now, like, kids are just like, so what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, whatever. I, you know, I can adjust the thermostat in the house uh, with my phone. Like, so what? So, it, it's not to me. It's not about the technology of the car's performance. There's another, I think, another tech technology factor here that we're gonna have to. Embrace. Jason with the mouse clicking. It's funny. Well, I'm trying to draw something here at the same time. Trying to trying to do work. (sighs) 
So, yeah, I, I just don't feel like having your having a car with uh, the transmission being uh, one more lay down than the other, or um, I don't I don't think that's exciting enough for people anymore, like or for the kids. Like, yeah, it, it's like. There's got to be something else to it. I guess if you can find a way to incorporate uh, Fortnite into RC racing, then then you got it. Well, you, you know, go. maybe. <laughs> I I don't know a lot about that, but it seems like it's all the rage. Be, it yeah. seems like that would be a pretty yeah. Going by what you're saying and everybody else, it seems like that would be pretty critical. And and that's kind of what I'm saying is we're gonna have to make a little bit of a jump there. To get to get the kids involved, uh, Jason, what do you think of getting rid of 17.5 and making it 21.5 in two-wheel drive? They are getting close to mod class lap times already, so I see so I see why people are afraid to move up from the rookie class. So, what do you think of switching that from 17.5 to 21.5? I kind of like the idea of running 21.5. You know, we've discussed it a little bit for our indoor national series. Oh, okay. Uh, where we were going to, um, you know, together with like Ron Schur and the guys from uh, Sure Speed mm-hmm. and uh, Hobby Wing, doing something like that, <clears throat> because I, I do agree that that uh, they're getting a little fast, a little ridiculous, but it has been pointed out to me before by other people. One of the things we have going for us in RC is the fact that we can obtain very fast speeds. So one of the schools of thought at one point was that why do we want to limit how fast we can go when maybe the the number one appealing factor of RC cars is that they can be fast. Mm, so I've heard people pitch that point before and it actually does make a lot of sense uh, I do like the 21.5 but I, I like it because it's it's anything that makes it a little more of the same for everybody mm-hmm. I like that idea and <clears throat> the, the, the thing in a racing that is tough is sure the speed is, is awesome that we can and RC, but the but there is a point to where it is too fast for most people, and so once you get past sort of the wow factor of uh, being really fast, having a really fast car, you start to get back to all right. Well, I kind of need to control this thing, and maybe that's the point that um, you know the the listener or um, whoever posted the... we know we're going to be fast I, so I, I like... lost you again Jason you're back okay yeah it's like you know we're you know he's like you know we're going to be fast so but now let's get let's just maintain make sure everybody has a good control and then so we'll go to a little slower motor hmm. okay they actually just did that they ran 21 fives in Vegas at the IOCC and Oh, I did. <laughs> Watching, it actually looks 
It looks fine. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they don't really look. They don't look overpowered, or it doesn't look really weird. It looks right. That's all that matters. Uh, John Carlson actually uh, responded to um, Aaron Klein here in that, and he says, I'm actually proposing a Can-Am style two-wheel drive buggy class to our group for next year. 21.5 fixed timing, fixed final drive ratio that is conservative, so it preserves the motors and spec tire and a spec tire to keep the gearing the same for everyone. I'd love to see this class bring new people into two-wheel drive. Uh, I I see a lot of people throwing things against the wall, you know, trying to get some some stuff to stick. Um, <laughs> I don't know that. I think it will have some. I think it's possible that it could bring some regional success. Um, you know, depending on what people are accustomed to in their area and everything. Mm-hmm. I think it could have some regional success. You know, is it really the answer to everything? Not really. Uh, but, you know, if it has some regional success and I think it works, that's probably, you know, it's a good shot. It's a good try. All right, let me scroll through the questions here. We're near the end, Jason. How about that? I didn't check your page, though. I know you shared this post, so <laughs> I don't know if you have any questions in there. Oh, probably. Um, we had another one in here, and I cannot find it. It was asking about our thoughts on the Roar president's, uh, the president candidacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get a chance to finish that article. Someone sent it to me to read. I guess it's coming down to these two guys. Yeah, I like um <clears throat> I, I've have I've had good experiences with both of them. Uh, Chuck is the guy that I know more because we've been to his track and to his races a little bit more. So I I know Chuck better than I know um what was the other guy's name? I can't remember, but I've I've I, I've uh, dealt I've dealt with them at races, and I've had good experiences with both. Um, but I, I really kind of, I, I kind of like Chuck in this position right now. I hope that um, the other guy, because re- um, the other guy was involved. At the <laughs> we really need to find the names. <laughs> Sorry. This is crazy. Uh... Yeah, the other guy. What now? We'll just we'll refer to him as the other guy. I'll, I'll find the article while you're talking. Good. Him, uh, several nationals this year, and he was there doing uh, doing media for Roar. <clears throat> he was there doing media for Roar, so he was like, and it was actually there, Jason. Oh, you... Yeah. You were gone. Doesn't it notify you when you disappear from me? Um, no. I don't think so. All right. Uh, well, Jason, the last name I can't even pronounce. Uh, Chuck. Yeah. Klein, Kleinhagen. Can... Chuck Kleinhagen. Yeah. And Garland yeah. Smith. Gar Garwin. Gar Garwin. Gar Garwin. Garwin. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but these are the I, two guys fighting it out. So uh... I, I've I've had great experiences with both of them. Well, like which I one? Said. What? Which one has the better slogan? Do they have any slogans like "Make RC Great Again" type thing? That's the one I'll go with then. Um, I like Chuck. I like Chuck for this position. I've had good experiences with him. Uh, I think he's super knowledgeable about the industry right now. He has a track. He has a uh, multiple. He has many tracks actually. Oh wow! And he's a uh, well. I guess he still would be, but he's a former and current. He's an engineer. And the other guy, Garland, Gar, Gar mm-hmm. had good experiences with him at the Roar Nationals. He was doing media for Roar, keeping guys, you know, uh, keeping Roar members up to date on the events and what's going on. And they really both need to be involved. Um, there you go. How about a president and vice president? Do they have yeah, that in Roar? I hope so, because that's what would be the best. Well, there you go. Put these two guys in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, one really kind of uh, is helping with the, you know, the, the marketing side, and the other one can work on the administration type items. Seems like that would be the ultimate setup. Oh wow! And this uh, live RC link, they have a, you know, questions and answers with these guys, and then uh, click here to vote now for your Roar president, so you can vote now. I already voted. Oh, that's pretty crazy. You can so, vote online, so you don't have to go to the polling booth then, huh? Okay. No. I was going to ask you guys, the listeners, to write me in as a president, but then I found out it was a non-paid position, so I was like, forget it. <laughs> I was like, not that your commitment's not there. It's just, you know. Yeah, I'm going to need a little something for my time. <laughs> you know what they would tell you? Yeah, what's that? They would say, on your deathbed, <laughs> you will regain total consciousness. So I got that going for me. So you got that going for me. Which is nice. <laughs> that's, that's what they'll tell me. Oh, <laughs> and you, man. you just would respond with like the same, yeah, cool. I'll take it. <clears throat> okay, well, when's the uh, voting close? I don't know. <laughs> but I saw that. Uh, information come out there, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to vote right now while I'm thinking about it. Does uh, Roar have an online magazine now? Since they don't do the, um, they probably don't do the, uh, what was that called? Rev Up? Rev Up. Yeah, Rev Up. I used to like getting that in the mail. Yeah. Wasn't bad. (laughs) It was fun. Okay, well, there you go. Go vote for your candidate now. Go to LiveRC, read the, uh, Read the Q&A that uh, Mike Garrison did. Friend of the show, Mike Garrison. Mike Garrison was asking uh, in one of our posts there, when is some of my tire designs going to be used? Jason. They're already into... That's what I told him. I said we. I said a lot of the product that's out there already was, uh, you know, my creation, Kirby's, and we just pass it along to Jason. I mean, what would you say... Between the two of you, uh, what, what do you think is you – know, who, who's had the biggest influence, you think? On the tire designs that we created for you? Yeah. I mean, is it you or is it Kirby? Or... Uh, you know what? I'm going to say it's a little bit of both. I'll be honest oh. with you. 
we um we really both dive into the project with the same amount of intensity and enthusiasm. Okay. And uh yeah. We uh thrive to uh I'll just stop there. Never mind. Alright, uh so I think actually we went through all these questions, which you know, again, I gotta thank these listeners. It was fantastic questions. Uh I don't know if you get a chance to did you check your uh to make sure um um, I'll do it right now. That you weren't leaving out there. Uh, and uh, But yeah, that's pretty cool. If I ever run into any listeners anywhere, uh, I'll let you buy me a beer. I'm, uh, I'm going to the questions right now. Oh, wow. Throwing stuff away. Yeah. Oh, man. What win has more prestige, 1.8 scale or 1.10 scale worlds? Um, I would say winning the two-wheel drive buggy world title is probably the uh, – I think it's the most prestigious. Uh, two-wheel buggy at the world is the most prestigious. Eight-scale is close, but the reason I say eight-scale isn't quite as prestigious is I still feel you can win the eight-scale worlds by – not saying that this has happened recently, but by being in the right place at the right time. I think there's some people that have won that aren't necessarily the fastest, but they were doing they were good on that day and some things went their way that allowed them to win. In ten scale, that can't happen. Um you have to be legit to win the two-wheel mod world title. And I think that's the difference. I, I think that winning the eight-scale one might be the most difficult in terms of things having to go <clears throat> go your way to win it. But I think that two-wheel buggy is the most prestigious. I, and that could be just me being biased, but um, I still think I still think it's... I still think it is. Yeah. <clears throat> That's the way it was, and that's the way it is. Gary O'Brien. Uh, Good Lord, cool, you have 28 questions up here? He wants cool stuff for the TLR 5.0 uh, slim wheels. Um, I don't think we will make slim wheels for the TLR because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure TLR will probably have something. And like I've said many times on the show, I still feel that they will change their wheel eventually to a more standard design and and then we'll have the wheel that works for all the cars. Uh, Chris Trudeau, what type of driving style would you say you have? I've always said that I'm a smooth driver. Smooth uh, operator. Right, that's my theme song. Smooth uh, although when I was driving on carpet, I didn't feel very smooth, so oh. I was a little bit upset about okay. that. But okay, um, I All feel right. like on dirt, blue groove, I think I can drive pretty smooth, not very reckless. Uh, anyway, uh, having just come from the world and watching your main five guys all driving different brands, does one driving style lend itself to perhaps favor a particular brand? Uh. Well, I think if you're a great driver, you can adapt to whatever type of vehicle you have. 
Uh, you should be able to at least anyway. Um, like like he mentioned, Mayfield's ran uh, associated Losi and Mugen, and he's won with all the cars, and they are different. So that should show you right there that he's probably being a great driver. You can be versatile enough to handle the different cars. Um, I think the the way you ultimately what you want to get to as a racer <clears throat> is to be able to change your style depending on the track. That's what Mayfield does. Is he is known for uh, a punched or aggressive driver, but if you've ever if you see him race today, what he's better at is knowing when to do it when not to do it um so as you become more mature with your racing you should be able to feel out the track and determine what you can and can't do um and i think that's what i see is if you're a good driver and a proving driver you should be able to change depending on what the track allows you to do um Guys, at a pro stage, does the driver have to be more connected with a car to push or drive maybe more on edge than a more neutral feel, leading back to the question of style and how a particular driver drives their car? Um, I think there's a certain way to go fast on some, some certain conditions, and you have to uh, be able to adjust your formula of driving appropriately to meet that track condition um, there's certain tracks that allow you to throw it around drive hard uh, be aggressive and that's the way to go fast some tracks it's not going to allow you to do that it's going to bite you and and i think knowing when to adjust is um, is important if you drive the same way all the time which i would say ryan cavallari is probably probably more like that he drives very similar um i think it takes a while for you to longer to come up to speed guys that can change quickly and adapt quickly come up to speed a little bit quicker uh guys ultimately in the age of social media and people constantly asking about setups to me a setup might not really suit the condition, suit the drive or style versus the track conditions. Change my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some, there's definitely some truth to that. People want to know what the hot guy's setup is because they think there's some magic in the setup. But truthfully, the magic is in the is the guy turning the wheel on the radio, and you're looking at his setup because he's a dynamite driver. Um, what necessarily he runs, and I think it's kind of a probably appropriate, is I, I want to say that <clears throat> the setup Associated just released for Ungaro winning the Worlds had no rear toe-in on the car, hmm. which is a little bit out there. Um, people are going to be trying that like mad now on every single car because they think that'll make him the world champ. But I don't see that being the reason he won. <laughs> Uh, Mike Fuller with a pretty good question. What do you think of CJ Jalen parting ways with X-Ray? What has happened with other racer 
Malin Carlson. I heard a rumor she can't race in Europe. Uh, yeah, that it was the rumor that she had a licensing problem in her country. Um, um, I'm just kind of reading some comments here. Um, you know, this licensing thing with her country, having the license for racing the RC car, that's the story that's being shown and told here. Um, I, I've heard some other rumors of the reason why she's not racing. I can't really say that those are accurate either, but uh, I will say that there's probably more to this story than that. Um, I've never heard she raced for us, uh, had great experiences with her and her dad, but I have, we haven't heard the story directly. So something tells me that there's more to the story than that. Um, but it's kind of all rumor and innuendo. Hmm. Nice. Uh, I think that there's more to the story than, than that. Okay. Uh, Drew Spurgeon, when can I get some ellipses for eight scale? Um, after the fall brawl here, they're going to be released. If you're at the fall brawl, you can get them there. Ooh. Uh, Skip Wilkes says he wants some ellipses for stadium truck. Uh, me too. <laughs> See those uh, hopefully next year. Uh, that's Which is right talk. around the corner. <clears throat> yeah, I know. A few weeks away. It's hard, it's hard to put it off more than that. Um, I've been telling the guys next year. Uh, <laughs> JD Crow wants to know maybe this is more for you and me. What's your go to move in a bar fight? Big show choke slam or Shokishi cornered butt slam? Oh, God. Rikishi. Um, Got to be the Rikishi. You think that's the only way? Oh. It'd be hilarious. Butt slam. Um. Uh, yeah, I would say that one would probably work pretty well. Yeah, I'll send you the I'll send you a, a video of it. It's great. You think that should be my move over the uh, <laughs> choke slam? Well, I'll send you the video that you can determine. <laughs> is this the one? Is this the thing where Vince had to do? Yeah, yeah, um, I think they talked about that in one of the on eighty three weeks or something. Yeah, that I, I so I, I I did this or I listened to that. Yeah, I cannot believe Vince did that. The guy is such, the guy's amazing, really. He is. Do anything uh, for his company. He will. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yep. He's like, if this sells, I'm taking a butt slam to the face. Absolutely. Anyway, so I'm going with the butt slam. Okay. Yeah, me too. If I had, if it was wider range than that, I would have to do the leg Hulk Hogan leg drop. Hmm, okay. Uh, Rob Sturgill ellipses for four wheel drive, two wheel drive front. Yes, next year. <laughs> a few weeks, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Rob too; he's always repping us. So appreciate it, buddy. And he keeps me company on and he keeps me company on Facebook. He's always on there with me. All day. All day. All day, every day. And uh, it's like when it's, it's like when you guys aren't around. It's like I can count on Rob. Yeah, you always got a friend in Rob. I do. Okay, go ahead. What was that? Uh, Will, Britton, Will Britton, how often should he change the O-rings in his shocks? <laughs> what? Yeah, I... Doesn't, isn't Will like a pro driver? 
I wouldn't say he's pro, but he's a expert driver. Oh, I'll say he's pro. You're pro, Will. I think how, he's kidding with you. The question is, is how? Yeah, he is probably kidding, but, <laughs> but maybe I, somebody out there don't know. So what do you? So what would you do? I I would do them when whenever they start swelling. I think you want to start looking at if that's affecting the performance or not. If yeah. you because the O-ring swell <clears throat> when they're sitting in that oil, and then your shocks start to get a little more sticky, and they've messed with all these. They've messed with all these things over the years. Uh, in the in the shock, the build, the shock build. Yeah. Uh, but I say you got to figure out what the happy spot is for your car, um, how you like how you like it, and uh, how fresh you like to run your equipment. Because the fresher all that stuff is, the softer the whole car feels and reacts. <clears throat> so. You gotta you gotta kind of weigh that. You know, when you got all fresh oil and fresh O-rings and everything's brand new, the things it's it's soft. It's on the soft side. And as you start to gain some stiction or friction or whatever you wanna uh, call it, we still talking about shocks here. We we are yeah. Okay. Um. However you wanna say it. And you start driving it like that, and you have success. Maybe that's how it works good for you. Mm. So uh, when you're not feeling so fresh, Will, that's when you change your O-rings. Hey, how does the HBK kick compare to the Chuck Norris roundhouse roundhouse kick? Um, uh, can I go first? Yeah, just go ahead. You can answer it. There's nothing going to compare to a Chuck Norris roundhouse kick. Um, and considering that he was actually a fighter. Huh? Um, you saying Shawn Michaels has it? What the hell? Yeah, I mean, he plays one on TV, but Chuck Norris actually fought in competition. Okay, <clears throat> we'll give you that. One thing's for sure, if I'm trusting one, if I'm trusting one to... Um, Kick me for show, I'm going with HBK. Yeah, right. If I'm if I'm going for a knockout, I'm going with Chuck Norris. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I could agree. I with tell that. you what, man. I when I see that the HBK, when I see him do that kick, yeah, uh, he does nail it. Sweet chin music. He he kills it, man. That's such a I mean, he does such a great job uh, selling that kick. The people that he's uh, performing with, they help sell it for him, and man, it, it's awesome. All right, what else you got? Uh, is J Roll working on a sleeper grocery getter for Allison? No. Eh. A little inside info there. I don't. Somebody know? Okay. Oh, it's a, oh it's the, same uh, question the, the other guy said CJ Jelen departing from X-Ray. That's a big loss for X-Ray, man. That kid was awesome, good driver, young. Why did I uh, let him go? Made the A main at the Worlds. Well, I think somebody else must have came after him a little more aggressively. I don't know if it's uh, gotcha. more money or a money deal or travel. Or, obviously, something like that is involved. 
So isn't uh, next month where all everybody starts shifting around everywhere? Uh, it's already starting, really. But yeah, there's a lot of um, there's going to be a lot of silly season stuff. Right. Uh, a lot of big name drivers are hmm. free agents. Wow, exciting stuff. It is. It's going to be cool. Uh, see where some of these guys land. The market's a little soft right now, so it'll be interesting to see if everybody ends up with the deal they they want or they're looking for. Um, but it's going to be interesting one way or another here. So did uh, Lucy announce a new two-wheel drive? Yes. TLR 22 5.0. 5.0, okay. So they have all the info out there about it? <clears throat> you know, I don't think the official release has gone out with everything, but if you dig on their Facebook page, like Frank Rude and those guys have just about every photo and little oh, okay. s- snippet of info you can But no, no bullet get. points came out yet. No, we did all, we did a video with Frank and Reno at a, at the IOCC, and we have a good one up on our Facebook page. Oh. Uh, they kind of explains a lot of the details. I mean, not, it's going to be a good car. I mean, it already is a good car. I see something about the reworked the shocks. Yeah, they got a I forget what they call them V threes or some G three or I forget what it is. They have a third generation shock. Uh, yeah. They they do look good. It's always exciting when a new car kit comes out. Yeah, I I don't think people are gonna be fully excited until they make a new four wheel drive. Really? Everybody wants them to make a new four wheel, but they keep coming out with two wheels. So <laughs> I think I think the internet will. Lucy's trolling them. The internet will be happy when they make a new four wheel. Um, yeah, so the internet will be much happier once they make that. But I, I think they're they're liking the four, they're liking the new two wheel. Everyone's liking what they see. Uh, it's a tough market now. It's not easy to just throw a new two wheel out there and get people to bite on it. It's gotta it's gotta be it's gotta be good. You gotta have gotta have all the tricks and the toys. I think that finishes it up. I think you went through everything, right? <coughs> yeah. Got your questions. I think that was a, a a long show there for one of our listeners that has a seven hour drive tomorrow. If I can get it uploaded by the morning, which um, I don't know, I want to go play some Red Dead Online. You do? That was episode one eighty three of the Ripcast, and uh, give a shout out here to um, and then Enzo Al- Albertoni. Uh, Albertoni, I hope I got your last name right, Enzo. Mm-hmm. You know Enzo? <clears throat> I do. Oh, okay. Well, he started a Facebook page up. Him and um, Andrew Rizzo. Yeah. They started um, a Facebook page called Positive RC Movement. Mm-hmm. And you go in there and uh, you be positive. No negative stuff allowed. You get the boot. You're trying to promote positivity in this world. There's too much negativity out there. You know That's that, Jason? It's it's, every time you turn on the news, something bad's happening. You know, you get on the internet, everybody's trashing everybody. Mm-hmm. So um, he's starting this up, and uh, they're trying to get the word out there. Less drama. Want less drama? 
You know what I've found is the people that say they don't like drama are the ones that like it. <laughs> right. And I'm not afraid to admit that. I, I even responded to them. I'm like, oh, man, I like drama. <laughs> I don't want to feel positive. I want to be evil. I was just like kidding around with them. Cobra but... Commander and Sementor. Yeah. yeah, you know my stance. I'm I'm always rooting for the villain. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's And that's true. I like a little, I like a little a, a, a driver out there that has a little edge to him, like a Mayfield, you know. <laughs> I love that. I love that at the banquet there. Mayfield gets up there, you know. That, 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 that's good stuff. I like that stuff. Yeah, nobody should be getting mad about it. Yeah, he had something to say, you know. Uh, yeah. JQ always has something to say that, um, you know. And uh, Mayfield finally gave him a little bit of grief about it. But you know what? I don't, you know, <clears throat> honestly, I think, uh, you know, it didn't even really bother JQ that much. I think he was just kind of like, all right, well, he said his thing, and, you know, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say my thing. Like, that's how, you know, he, I don't think he was really all that, he wasn't upset. <clears throat> they still talk. I mean, they talk. I mean, it's not like they're not, it's not like they're enemies. You just, yeah. He's like, hey. I think somebody asked a question there, and we didn't touch on that because you were asking about the JQ thing. And uh, I think uh, uh, th- there's a series, RCGBT, what is it called? RCGP? RCGP, yeah. So that's a series that uh, JQ's starting up? Or somebody? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> he's involved. He's not the main, well, he's not the only person. There's other, there's several people involved, but yeah, he's involved. And I think the question was along the line of do you think. Yeah, I don't have it pulled up right now, so dang. I think I think the question was along the lines: Do you think if JQ's involved, it's going to hurt it at all? Like yeah, that. I think I read that too, and that's I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Honestly, I think it does. Um, I know JQ well. I I, I get along with him, but there's some people that don't, <clears throat> and I think it will have an impact on it. I wouldn't make my decision on the series based off of it being jq or not um because i do know um, jq i I know him so it's not that's not my main concern um uh, i have other a lot of other concerns uh besides that that's not the main concern so right um but i do think that people do there is people that don't like him, and that is going to be an issue. Well, that's what are you going to do, right? There's people that don't like me, so they don't listen to the show. So uh, back to Enzo. So RC, uh, go go to Facebook and um, go to Positive RC Movement page. Give him a like. Join the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a lot to to say. Uh, a lot to be said for having a, a positive movement group. I, I like the idea. Uh, <clears throat> like I said earlier, there's people that say they don't like trauma, but they actually do because they're the ones that started um, on the Internet. And <sighs> yeah, I'm not big on it. I, I just I, there's some things I read just because I think it's funny, mm-hmm. but I don't really agree with 
you know, getting that vocal about it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, he wants to make sure everyone can get help regardless of who they run for. So you go in there uh, and ask away, no matter what you're running. And the slogan is, make RC fun again. I like it. I think I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> Catchy. Yeah. Uh, they were influenced by Jared Tebow to start this. Yeah, I think Jared has been uh, <clears throat> pretty vocal in, you know, trying to be up, kind of upbeat, and that's eh, kind of the nature of where he's at right now. I think with his life and his kids, and um, I think he feels that it's in, it's important. I think he he hears and sees it just like a lot of us do. He's and he probably gets tired of it. Mm. Like, look, I just want to race my cars. Let's just go race. You know, it's not a big deal. You don't have to all be yelling and or having all this drama and stuff. Let's just go race. Yeah, go have fun. It's pretty. It is pretty basic. <laughs> yeah. All right, there you go, and. Uh... Head over to jconcepts.net. Show the show the Rona family some love. Go over there, check it out. Buy all his products. Do what you gotta do. Christmas is coming. Jason needs to put presents underneath the tree. So buy more. Facebook.com slash radio impound. Patreon.com slash radio impound. Thanks for all the support, everybody. And uh, maybe maybe I'll do something this weekend for the patrons as far as giving away. We'll do a wrestle, wrestling match again. So watch the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. We'll give away something. But, uh, again, congratulations to Tim Merzine and Chili Duncan. They'll both re- be receiving something for guessing, predicting the worlds. You should have predicted a J-Concepts driver, but we'll forgive you anyway. Yeah, we will. And we'll just throw a bunch of J-Concepts stuff at you. All right, episode one eighty three in the books. We will catch you. You know what? We're we're gonna try and knock out these episodes to get to two hundred. Jason, come on, come on, we gotta do it. Okay. We gotta do it, bro. Uh, someone asked why we don't do anchor anymore, but um, we're having Jason, we're having issues with Jason using his Bluetooth earpiece with anchor. Jason doesn't like to use the earbuds with the microphone, and that creates a big problem. But uh, anchor did up update their app so that way we, that way you can go forward reverse very easy scrub they call it scrubbing so maybe one day we'll do another anchor i didn't think that anybody cared about that but i did get messages on that jason they okay. like the they like the ripcast drive through yeah bust out another one all right all right guys we will catch you next week later guys 